The boys are back in town. Welcome back to Deadlock episode number 51. It's just me and Tony this week, man. 51 already? Yeah, we're one episode away from the one year anniversary of this podcast. We figured we'd go back to our roots and get rid of Johnny for the year. I already joined a dark order or something. I don't even know what's going on over there. Yeah, apparently he streamed and made like a bunch of money towards the Canadian Cancer Society, which is kick ass. And in the process, he lost his voice. So he's uh, he's not here for this one, but he'll come back. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. We actually don't know if he'll come back. Uh, we're going to be talking about TNA again this week, the January 4th, 2010 episode, where they did three hours against Monday Night Raw. Were we just talking about Nitro and we're like, we're never doing three hour Nitro episodes? We somehow keep landing on three hour shows. We did not I mean actually to. don't remember it being three hours until I went back inside. This show was every bit of three hours also. I mean, it was the longest <laughs> three hours of my life. They had to get that hour before Raw, I think. So they had to get that jump on the WWE. This was tough. We're going to talk about the entirety of this episode of TNA. And we're going to be talking about the tag team appreciation from this week on AEW Dynamite. Oh, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate tag teams now. I really do. At first I didn't, but now I do. So before we get into everything, of course, I want to give a big shout out to everybody on Patreon who keeps the podcast going, keeps the website going, keeps us going in general at patreon.com. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get right this week too. watch patreon.com forward slash deadlock PW or deadlockpw.com forward slash Patreon. Look at that. They both work. So we're going to start off here at the $1 tier. We had Ozzy Oz. Thank you. Oi, oi, oi. In the $5 tier, we had NXT UK, Stardust hmm. Dumbass, also known as Malik. Are those two different names or one name? No, that's just one, one whole one whole gimmick. NXT UK started. Oh no, okay, that's two. That's that's two. <laughs> I thought that was NXT one long UK, name. Yes. All right, let's... Uh, All right. Nick Parkus, Sean Carney, your buddy CJ, Nomad Ooh. Tokyo, and Paul yeah. Mike Sell. I will always say your last name like that. I don't care. I like Ooh. it. Five dollar and five cent. We had Kong Wrestling. Five and five? the ten dollar tier. We had Welcome to the Cum Zone. <laughs> Do you have a problem, Freddy? Isaiah, those are two different people, by the way. Isaiah Morgan, <laughs> Danny Watts, Rich Ooh. Moulton, Ron Loonsford, Hectic Misery, <laughs> Bygan McDongold. That's my a dude. Crazy McDongle. name. I love it. That's his real name, by the That's way. That's his shoot name. Jack <laughs> Tollerton, Ryan Nunez, <laughs> Austin Powers, Blake Xavier. And Caro Lamb. Ooh, Blake's And in the $15 tier, mm-hmm, we had mm-hmm. John sure, sure, Cena's sure. fat ass. Damn. <laughs> That's all one person, by the way. John Cena's fat ass, damn. It's actually not it's actually John Cena fat ass. Damn. <laughs> there was a comment there too. I, I like that better. So that means still our current Patreon champion, super sick Ryan Twizzler. At $360.69. So let's talk about TNA for January 4th, 2010. This was also on the day of the New Japan Tokyo Dome show in 2010. So doing it on January 4th was a stacked day all around here. Uh, this show, I actually wrote here, right? I mean, like, I didn't even get one line <laughs> underneath the segment name. And I said, this show was awful. 
It was quite literally <laughs> one of the worst shows that I have ever watched. And I sat here and I watched it, Tony. It was three <laughs> hours long. Oh Here's my god. I, I wouldn't have suggested us watching this if I remember it being this bad. I think I was a dumbass kid or something who watched this because Dude, bat, dude, there's no way this show was this bad back then. I think it, it just got I think it just aged like milk. Because this was awful. Yeah, this was DNA. Cross the line, brother. It's time for a change. That's the uh, tagline for this bad boy. And whew, they went full stop here. I will tell you, though, before we get into it, I got to get you the uh, the breakdown of the Monday Night Wars, brother, brother, brother. Do you Was wrestling really this bad 10 years ago? 2010, I think was so. Was it really this bad? I understand we're coming off the John Cena-Randy Orton feud of the century. I understand. Mm. But good lord. So we ran this for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks, and then they gave up. They went head to head with WWE until March. Is that correct? No, they went head to head. This was like one time special, apparently. And then they did it in March again. Then they no, started. they ran they ran head I thought they ran head to head the entire time to March. Is that not right? That's not right. This was like, here, if you look at this little page here, go to the right-hand side, scroll down a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, there is the ratings. They did one, I guess this was like a special, and then they went live in March. So this was like a tester. I think what I remember is they did a tester to see what Spike TV thought. They were like, yeah, we want more. And then March came around, and then they did it in March. So let me get this straight. They ran the show against Raw. Got a 1.5, the highest rating they had ever gotten up to that point, I'm pretty sure. And they yeah, said, yeah, yeah. meh, never mind. And then they waited till March to go to Monday. But yeah, then they brought it back again, and then they got decimated. <laughs> like, this show at least did a 1.5, and then in March it didn't even get a 1. If they would have kept going, I'm sure they would have been a one, over a 1 again. Yeah, I week. think so too. I Well... Actually, I don't think that because <laughs> this show was awful. I don't even know how I got a 1.5 period. I think Jeff Hardy literally carried him to this yeah. 1.5. Raw one got a 3.6, by the way. So there was Raw, 3.6. That's how it plays out. But we can uh, tell you what happened on Monday Night Raw, the, the competition over there. We had Brett the Hitman Hart was announced after TNA announced they were going to Monday. So this was, I think, right? Didn't they counter it? immediately and say oh yeah we're gonna have bret hart and Shawn michaels do a thing yeah and bret hart came out in jorts <laughs> i think yeah. he had a u.s title reign around this point too so anyway we had the the Shawn michaels stuff with bret hart where they hugged or kissed or whatever you thought i don't even know what they did uh um, they said yeah the man I, I forgive you i forgive you for for doing the the screw job and then they hugged and they're thinking about kissing we had a dark match of Brian Danielson defeated Chavo Guerrero. I remember what Brian Danielson was doing at this time. He was on his uh, redemption run in the Indies, making his mm. way back. This was, was uh, after he got fired for the tie thing. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, then we had Maurice def defeated Brie Bella in the WWE Divas Championship Tournament quarterfinals, two minutes, 18 seconds. I'm sure it was a great thing. Uh, MVP defeated Jack Swagger, Mark Henry, and Carlito in a fatal four-way in seven minutes and six seconds. Yes, WWE really... Wrestling just sucked at this time, apparently. Uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels with Hornswoggle defeated Jericho to retain the Unified Tag Team Champions 12 minutes and one seconds. 
Sheamus defeated Evan Bourne in one minute and 45 seconds. The main event was Randy Orton defeated Kofi Kingston in 10 minutes and 58 seconds. Was this the one where Orton called him stupid, stupid? Wow, that's probably why they decimated TNA. They had no chance. That's an all-time <laughs> no. segment. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, but that was, your, uh, that was your competition there. Let's, let's talk about this show here. So we opened up. It's uh, Cross the Line. They said at the very beginning of the show, who thought anyone would even care? I don't know because it won't us. This is my destiny. I will cross the line. Then they had Hulk Hogan. They said, Hulk Hogan's here. And they played a line. It goes, what you going to do? What you going to do? What you going to do? I was like, why are they? Why is this? What you going to do? I do love when they, they all, they, that's the most TNA thing when they have Mike Tanay. It is an evening that revolves around tradition. <laughs> I do like that. Fuck, Mike Tanay uh, is They always is fucking awesome. played that. That was cool, though. And they literally, in this promo package, they say, we are going to war Monday nights with WWE. <laughs> <laughs> That's and not an sure. exaggeration. They literally said that. And then Hogan does, the, what you gonna do? What you gonna what do? You what you gonna do? do? What you gonna do? It's like it's faded to the background. I was like, what is happening right now? The amount of oh. Hulk Hogan plants in the crowd was insane. Holy it cuts to the crowd, shit. dude, and they just gave out shirts. You saw people with Hogan shirts ripping the Hogan shirt to another Hogan shirt. It's like, what <laughs> in the world is happening here? This they had a is bunch crazy. of soccer moms all in the same row wearing the yellow Hogan shirts. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I saw those people too. Yeah, dude. There were oh, some crazy Hogan signs too. I mean, like these signs were just insane. <laughs> this was like TNA was like, this is the guy. He was not the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying when they run down this guard, it sounds pretty lit. We have a steel asylum. We have a barbed wire match. We have full metal mayhem. Doesn't that sound all pretty sweet? It did. Until <laughs> we'll later. Get to, we'll get to that, but Damn, dude. Eric Bischoff uh-huh. didn't think so much. They introduced Bubba the Love Sponge. What do you think of Bubba the Love Sponge? I wrote, Bubba the Love Sponge sucks dick. That was my review. I just wrote, I want to die already. This is, they introduced Bubba the Love Sponge, and then they go to Bubba the Love Sponge outside in Universal Studios harassing women. I said, yeah. what are y'all doing? Bubba goes outside, he asks a woman, what brings her out? And she says, I just love them sexy wrestlers. They're so hot and sweaty and so big. I love them. <laughs> I also wrote down here right beside this. Did I already say I wanted to die? <laughs> this was awful. The, the first guy was like, I want to see some some of that old school stuff. You know, that, that Hogan words. I don't want to see any of that pussy shit. I'm like, all right. This guy wanted to see Hogan and Andre. Well, first of all, Hogan's not wrestling. <laughs> And Andre's definitely not here. So I don't know what you came to TNA for, but it ain't that. He wanted to see Hogan versus Andre, and they're like, uh, Jay Lethal, Homicide, (laughs) Kiyoshi. (laughs) This guy was probably like, what the hell? (laughs) You did not get what you wanted for TNA, that's for sure. They also Uh, left in the clip of that guy saying, Vince has no idea what's coming. Dude, they, oh my God, I couldn't believe they included all that stuff. Bubba then goes to ask another woman, and he prefaces it with, what can we, what can wrestling do better for a hot 21-year-old like yourself? Yeah, I'm like, what say the that. fuck is this, dude? Dude, they had this guy, and he was going, oh, Hulk Hogan, he's coming to TNA, WWE sucks, I'd follow Hulk Hogan into the gates of hell. I was like, what the He hell did say the gates of hell. He would follow Hulk Hogan <laughs> to the gates of hell. 
Well, I guess he got that right. <laughs> Hogan went to the gates of hell and back. Man. What in the world was that? I'll follow Hogan to the gates of hell. Oh, yeah. The, with that, when the hot girl was talking, he goes, with the hot girl. He's like, yeah, she wants blood and guts and chairs to the head or something. That Yo, girl blood and wild. guts and guts. Just a hot 21-year-old piece of ass. <laughs> Bubba, go away. <laughs> Bubba, it is 120 degrees in Orlando, and he's in a trench coat outside. Go away. Get this guy away from these fans. This oh. was awful. This was the worst possible way to start this show. I don't know what audience they were shooting for here, but it won't me. Because this like, was bad. Tanae and Taz were like saying, oh, he's a huge radio person. And, like they were, They were selling it. They're trying to sell it that... Oh, Bubba Love Sponge, the biggest move ever. It gets worse. It gets, it gets worse even worse. Actually, I don't it, know if it gets much worse than the hot 21-year-old comment, but it is pretty bad. All right, so we kick it back into the impact zone where we have our Steel Asylum match. Yeah, I I, I never liked this match, to be honest. I wasn't How a fan could of it. you? How could anyone like this match? I mean, first off, you can't see nothing. Second off, everyone's wearing red in a match where everything's already red in the cage. Third, <laughs> it keeps going to the hard cam. You really can't see anything because it's pixelated all hell. I don't know what's going on. And I just got away from Bubba harassing women into this match. I can't see. I'm like, why? <laughs> who would see her watch this? So it's Motor City Machine Guns versus Lethal Consequences versus, uh, well, they just had a bunch of tag teams and they were kind of just, they never even really explained that. They're like, uh, here's Suicide by himself. Here's Amazing Red by himself. But also, here's the Motor City Machine Guns and Lethal Consequences and Homicide and Kiyoshi from World Elite. And I'm just like, okay, I guess. All right. Uh, it's a cage match, uh, but it has a roof with a little circle. And like it's a dome. red. It's, it's like a dome. I think they did it in AAA before, didn't they? It's in the Thunder Dome. Well, yeah. maybe they probably shouldn't have had Homicide try to climb it, but... We'll talk about that in a minute. I wrote down, I have no idea what's happening in this match. I can't see anything. I think it probably made it worse because <laughs> our footage was so pixelated. I couldn't see anything. I was just like, what in the world, bro? Yeah, this was an interesting concept, I guess, if they're trying to put, like, you know, if you want to be different, you got six sides, you got this dome thing, you got a bunch of dudes that don't look like WWE guys. I mean, you're definitely getting uh, people tuning in like, okay, what is this shit? I mean, like, you're hitting that demo at least, right? But Yeah, but you pissed off the dude earlier that wanted to see Hogan and Andre. That's for true. <laughs> he ain't definitely ain't tuning in no more. <laughs> uh, if you want some more information, Kiyoshi is actually he's working under a mask as Sushi, if you wanted to know. Uh, it's kind of like Curry Man, but he has sushi on his head instead of curry. So, oh, nice. You know, dude, yeah. He's it. also I Kiyoshi. I, I was interested in, in what he was doing post-TNA, and that's uh, he works as Kiyoshi <laughs> and Sushi. Is all he caps. currently working as sushi? I love it. Yes, both of them. He works on mass and mass. He's just all in one guy. They nice. pumped so much crowd audio into this one, dude. The TNA chants sounded like they were in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> TNA, TNA. No one in the crowd's even, nobody in the crowd can see anything. What a watch. It's not like they yeah. did any spots. The match went like six <laughs> minutes. It probably took them longer to set the cage up than the actual match went. The match ended with a fucking no contest in a fucking cage match. Fuck this company. Seriously. I don't know how it made it 
past this like oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the back said yeah th that's it yeah this is the one right here oh fuck homicide pull Homicide pulls out this baton and starts beating up everybody. And then you got that ding, 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 ding. And they just ring the bell like a hundred times and they just keep doing it. And the crowd's chanting, this is bullshit <laughs> to the point where they have to mute the bullshit. And you can't even hear commentators. Oh, oh, it was my God. Oh, it was perfect. You can't see anything and then you can't hear anything. And then they <laughs> sit. Uh, it's very, very obvious that Homicide is struggling to get up the side of the cage, let alone the top of the cage, he looks Dude, like he's looks, about to just die. Like it looked like he was about to just fall. That looks fucking hard, though. Like I, w I don't know. It's, it's definitely not. I they think just had red do it. I don't know why. I think what happened was is that the, he probably can climb out of it, right? But they just worked a match. It's you know he's probably a little gassed up. It just was mm. probably difficult. But why did you sit there with the camera on him as he struggles? And then he fell off the top of the fucking cage. When he got to the top, he just said, screw it, and took a back bump off the top <laughs> of the cage. They tried to, like, the at least the, like, suicide notice. He's like, oh, God, he can't get to the top of the cage. So they started climbing to, like, shake him down or whatever. Yeah, I think they yelled at one point. They're like, yeah, we should all just climb because he can't get out. And they, then he just fell. Like you said, it was really hard to watch. They had the camera on him way too long, so just, like, uh, all right, what's going to happen? And then I think what I am guessing the spot was supposed to be, he was supposed to get out of the top and then Hardy would climb it and beat him up, beat him up, up, up top. Maybe. I don't know. I, I actually don't know what would have happened if he got out of that cage. Honestly, I really don't know what would have happened. Well, cause at the end they have that shot of Hardy sitting at the top of the, the yeah, dome but would he have taken a the... bump off the top of the cage? <laughs> He probably would have bumped on all the guys down there, but who knows? Oh. <laughs> no, outside the cage. All right, let's explain this then, okay? So, homi I, I was watching this back and like, wait, how did Homicide get out of the cage? Because it was all locked. They had to open it up for Homicide to get out there as Jeff Hardy comes in through the crowd. Uh, and then Jeff Hardy ends up just giving the most wicked chair shot to the head of Homicide. And that was probably just like Bischoff or something back there. Just fucking clobber this dude. <laughs> and then I think he got canned. Didn't Homicide get fired like shortly after this? I don't think he worked too much longer after this. Yeah. He didn't do very much. Hernandez was already moved on with Matt Morgan and Homicide was just kind of hanging out in World Elite at this point. So, Yeah. So then Jeff Hardy does a thing. He goes up top. He sits on the cage. They show the TNA thing. That's a that's a pretty iconic shot though. Yeah. That was, so there. the Jeff Hardy thing wasn't bad. You know, he comes no, through. that was and, cool. Yeah, I, I like the like you said the chair shot was dope. I mean, he, I mean, Homicide took that one too. I mean, Jeff kind of just tossed it at him. Um, <laughs> then he climbs down the cage, and that was cool. I did like that. That was a good visual. But uh, boy, the Steel Asylum has got to be one of the worst matches in TNA history ever. <laughs> I would actually love to hear uh, Austin's like because he was in the match, and I would love to hear what his reaction to that whole fucking match is because that is so ridiculous. That whole thing Dude. made no sense. It was. Dude, it was just hard to watch, like seeing it, and then with Homicide up there, it was it's hard. It's like not a good TV match at all. So, well, Eric Bischoff also was Eric Bischoff also said that if he could fix one thing about his WCW stuff is that he would care more about the finishes to matches. And then the very first match in this TNA thing is a no contest and a steel cage match. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> 
This was, uh, oh, they didn't even get to do anything cool. Like, no one did any cool spots or anything. Or just, yeah, like, you think Red would have, like, done something off of it or suicide or anybody, like... Whatever. They kicked it off with this. Jeff Hardy's here. That's all that matters. At the end of the day, that's the big thing here. Jeff Hardy is here. Uh, Jeff Hardy goes backstage and he sees Shannon Moore and he's like, what's up, dude? You can't hear what he's saying because the music is so loud. Could you hear him? Did you know what he said? No, I don't know. <laughs> I no so I got no clue what he said because the music was just cranking. They are oh, cranking he, he was like congratulating Jeff Hardy or something. It looked there. like he was. He was dapping him up and then he was like, blah, 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 blah. I can't hear him because Jeff Hardy's music is blaring. Um, Hulk Hogan is not even at the venue yet. Yeah, so they have like cops in like a motor car, like uh, driving him down to Universal Studios or wherever they're going. Uh, apparently, one of those guys, you know, the Bruce Pritchard podcast network, one of those dudes, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Bruce Pritchard himself was saying that they literally just drove circles around Universal <laughs> Studios. So, like, if you actually know where the car is at, they're like inches away from the arena. So it was just, it's just hilarious to think of. But. Yes, this was very WCW esque, right? Like they did a lot of that limo stuff, or like on the way to the venue limousine stuff. And oh yeah, they love escort. limos. Hogan yeah. loves his limos for sure. Yeah, this felt when I was watching this like, damn, this feels like it's straight from like '98, '99 Nitro. Like this is like exactly what I expect you to be. Um, so after we see Hulk Hogan on his way to the venue, that's right. He didn't even make call time for his own show where he's supposed to be here and be the big guy. Uh, Christy Hemme and Kevin Nash are backstage. And this is actually one of the cooler backstage like set pieces that TNA ever had. The big oh yeah, columns. the backstage looked cool as shit. Yeah, I feel like they had like a whole section of the state, like the sound stage for mm -hmm. the backstage. It was dope. It had like the big impact in the back with like the. It was just like it looked like it was in a wall, like engraved in a wall. There's a bunch of TVs and columns. It was really dope. Um, Christy Hemme and Kevin Nash are backstage. Kevin does not give a fuck about anything that's <laughs> happening right now. He is so out of it. He does. He said, "I am happy if TNA gets to number one because that means I will get paid more money." <laughs> <laughs> not only does he do that, but he's just talking very slow and he doesn't care. He's like, "What's up, Christy Hemme? How you doing?" And you know, TNA is gonna win, and we're gonna be number one, and I'm gonna get paid more. And like, he literally had that monotone voice the entire time. He did not care. Yeah, he said, and then he walked, he walked away and walked away and said, oh yeah, by the way, Hogan's coming and he ain't alone. <laughs> I was trying to remember, at this point, did they already do, did they announce Hogan and Bischoff together already? You know, I actually don't know. I think it might have just been Hogan because it was like, someone's in the limousine with Hogan. Who could it be? Okay, because later than Xbox spoils it. <laughs> so <we'll talk> about <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to get to Scott on Xbox. That's like one of my favorite parts of the whole show. That's good shit right there. Okay. So after uh, we get the Kevin Nash and Christy Hemme gimmick backstage, where they are very obviously flirting, by the way. Kevin Nash was like, it was a beer brown. She's like, oh, you no big sex, y'all. Uh, but we go to ODB and Tara. Tara's theme song, Broken, Broken. <laughs> I remember that for some reason. So, like, that has stuck the with me. The broken part, yeah, broken, but it's still not. All the things she's said, all the things she's said. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm sad that the network is trying to erase that. Yeah. I feel like if that. you weren't around for that, you missed a really great theme song for her. But I will give her this much. Broken, Broken. That goes crazy. I mean, I, I don't know anything else after that, but that was cool. Uh, <laughs> she has a spider that she carries around because she is the... Widow. She's the 
to get it. She's the spider. Woman. Yes. Yeah, the spider. So <laughs> anyway, she's actually a really good worker and probably one of the best workers on this entire show, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. Um, she did a really dope plancha flip, like leg drop in this match that looked really, really good. ODB was always a pretty damn good worker too, and her gimmick was fun. It especially worked for the for the Orlando crowd. She was like the epitome of someone from Florida, to be completely honest yeah, with you. If yeah, I had yeah. to, everyone loved her too. She was super over. Yeah, she was, and and she could always work too, so it was always cool. Um, sadly, they didn't get to do very much here. I mean, it was a quick, fun match, but I feel like none of the matches on this show got any time at all, <laughs> which is a weird nah. thing for an alternative to WWE at the time. Because, uh, you know, they were definitely more character heavy in 2010. Mm -hmm. And they just said, fuck it, we'll also be character heavy at the same <laughs> time. Like, okay. This match went two minutes and 40 seconds. So there's that. Yeah. Um, ODB schoolboys her, holds the tights. Uh, shows. Okay, this is my favorite part of this. So she schoolboys Tara, holds her tights, and it shows her butt crack. And they try to cut away to the camera. They cut to the crowd really quick. And it they cut back. And her butt crack is still showing. <laughs> ODB just kept it down the whole time. Um, so ODB, this is a knockouts championship match. She wins the belt. Um, but then she gets jabronied by Tara at the end as she keeps her heat and she uses the spider. And then Tara holds the belt up that you just lost. I nice. I, you know what? I feel like uh, Eric Bischoff just doesn't care about finishes again. Because... <laughs> 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 Nothing great is happening here. Yeah, if you would have saw the end, you would have thought Dara retained, but no. Yeah, that was a really weird way to keep your heat. So after that match, Ric Flair is here. Turns up and uh, turns out that he just ran up a bar tab and needed a quick check. So uh, <laughs> he's here at TNA. What is TNA? What is TNA? Taz says, this is huge. This is a huge night here for TNA. <laughs> I said, you damn right. <laughs> So far oh, this show, oh. I'm sitting here like, oh my god, this show is three hours long. Um, Christy oh. Emmy is outside of Orlando Studios. She has a bunch of people about Hulk Hogan. Uh, and of course, they're all very excited for Hulk Hogan. Mick Foley shows up and she goes, whoa, Mick, what are you doing here? He says, I'm going to work, Christy. I work here. I work at <laughs> Okay, she's, she's like Christy's like no don't go in there you do not want to go in there this place sucks don't come she in she is so right because he should just turn around and gone somewhere else uh, so security doesn't let Mick in because hey guess what Hulk Hogan and them have taken over and they don't want Mick no more Mick to this point they gave him some like executive producer of the something or another they gave him a super long title or something basically he was the general manager, general yeah. manager of the show uh, but you know Hogan and them took over so fuck you Mick <laughs> go home apparently he owned majority stocks or something in TNA and that's yeah how yeah that's works. what it was majority stock leadership Shareholder, majority executive or some, some shit like so apparently if you buy enough stock you can just be on TV as kayfabe owner of company that's how it works yeah I don't really know why they did this but I also don't know why they did this. So we cut to Bobby Lashley and Crystal. Uh, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. This shit is so weird. Dude, this like, whole show, it makes, half of it makes no sense. This, okay, let me tell you about this. So it's like the biggest night in TNA wrestling history. Like Hogan's coming, like time for a change. And this man, Bobby Lashley and Crystal are trying to quit the company. <laughs> yeah, what was that? 
Chris will go, this is the biggest night in TNA history. We want to get a fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what? Crystal, well, Crystal was- proceeds to say, hey, Hulk Hogan, Bobby Lashley does MMA. This fake-ass wrestling shit sucks <laughs> you in, Hick Hillbillies. I want to get out of here. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? I thought like, I this was it. Like, I guess the story they were going for is Bobby Lashley's a big MMA star and he doesn't need pro wrestling. Like, I get that, but like, during the biggest night ever in TNA history of all time and they say this company sucks, I'm going to mix martial arts. <laughs> yeah, they should have been. Well, I feel like they buried the company like four different times <laughs> in this one show. It's like, well, do are we supposed to like TNA or not? Like, what are we supposed to? They never ended up changing the name or anything. You know what I mean? They, so it's just like, yeah, they ended up rebranding it to TNA Impact Wrestling on Spike, but it's just like that's like not even a re. The show was called TNA Impact. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this this whole show was Hogan burying the show, and they never really changed anything about it other than they changed a red to the blue. <laughs> That's all they <laughs> do later on. I remember they added they they they're like we want to call it TNA Impact Wrestling on Spike because we are wrestling. So, anyways, after oh. Bobby Lashley and Crystal come out, Crystal is so Bobby doesn't say anything. I don't think at all this entire show. He's literally mute. Crystal says everything. Um, Crystal wants out of TNA. He wants out of his TNA contract. And she's going to talk to Hulk Hogan later when he gets here. Well, good luck with that. Uh, we cut backstage. Velvet Sky is backstage with a tank top that's bedazzled with the word sexy. <laughs> this is the most 2010 thing I've ever seen in my life. This actually uh, felt like 2006. I was like, oh, my God. Not the sexy. she got the juicy pants on, I bet, too. That, <laughs> the fit goes crazy. So the beautiful people are Ooh. backstage, and they're playing strip poker. What the hell was this? Apparently, not yet. They're not yet. It's not a strip poker yet. Oh, yeah, you're right. They're just playing regular poker, which makes it even worse. So apparently they thought people wanted to see the beautiful people just playing poker. They said backstage while they're playing poker. Oh, apparently people really like these poker shows. What? <laughs> Who likes these shows? What shows? Was 2010 a big TV year for, for poker? They had the World Series of Poker on Spike TV, I think. What's that show pulling like 0.8 <laughs> ratings or like this? It goes great. People are craving it. Well, the po- the crossover poker fans are going to tune in to see the beautiful people play poker backstage. They don't even know how to fucking shuffle the deck. Uh, well, TNA had poker. They had bull riding at one point. They had NASCAR. They went to hit all those demos. So, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. for TNA. Oh, my God. So next after this, God, the show is getting better. Scott Hall is here and he is shoot drunk. He is shoot drunk backstage with six Pac. They're not allowed in the building. Of course, they're not allowed in the building. Scott Hall just straight goozles one of the security guards. Just, just. I mean, this was a shoot. He grabbed him. He's like, you piece of shit. He grabbed him by the neck and put him against the wall. Oh, my God, dude. We're here. Hogan's in the building. We're here, guys. Let's go. That's exactly what he said. And exactly like that, too. What, you felt the same way. He was definitely like yeah, he shimmied, was right? Dude, him and, like, I don't know if they were playing it up or if, like, this was a deal. Like, Waltman was stoned out of his mind. Hall was drunk out of his mind. And they're just coming here. Yo, what up, Hogan? We're here. Let's go. They we're here were to party. shimmy, dude. Yeah, this we're was... ready to party. Let's go. So we cut back. Someone's in the limo with Hogan now. Someone apparently someone got in and out of the limo or something. I didn't see it, but somebody. No, apparently... there was a limo and another limo pulled up, and a guy walked across from one limo to the other limo and 
why? I don't know. How ridiculous is that? Why couldn't they just say there was two people in the limo the whole time? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so anyway, Scott Hall's fucking somehow made his way into the building. He's stumbling through the crowd. Him and Six Pac have come to watch TNA. Hogan shows up and he is here with all the pyro they could muster up, dude. This dude comes out and the building explodes into a million pieces. I mean, sparklers were going off in the crowd. People were going nuts. This is the biggest <laughs> night in Tina history. <laughs> this is so big. Pyro was bad. This is insane. It's so big that Bobby Lashley just wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, what's up, TNA maniacs? I said, oh, hell no. I'm out of here. I don't want to watch this shit anymore, bro. <laughs> At least it's not TNA-ites. Yeah, you're right. But TNA Maniacs is pretty bad. I feel yeah, like he was... was I mean, it, this literally was the most bullshit Hogan promo I ever heard in my entire life. Man just came through and said, something's something Maniac, something's something where the future to business. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just nothing. Um, Scott Hall and Six Pac, of course, are sitting in the crowd and wait a minute, they got something to say. They're going to hop the barricade and come talk. And Hogan's like, yeah, you know what? Whatever. Come on in. Who cares? I don't even know what I'm doing here. Before before this, uh, when Hogan first got there and he was doing all this stupid shit about, oh, I'm Hogan, whatever. He said, I've been in the back all day, brother. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? You just Did got he say there. that? Yeah. He said, I've been in the back all day and I've seen all these awesome wrestlers and the future of the company and old faces and new faces. I don't know what he was saying. He was just saying a bunch of stupid shit, but he, yeah, goes, he did say yeah, Name one of those wrestlers backstage. <laughs> Suicide brother. That's TJP the entire time. <laughs> you talk about my man, Brian Knobs. <laughs> yeah, he's backstage. <laughs> you son of a bitch. He said I was in the back all day, brother. And I'm like, you just got here. We saw it. So Scott Hall stumbles in the ring goes, hey, yo. <laughs> Scott says I want to get paid a lot of money he's not even hired by the way he's not even supposed to be here and Scott said I'm looking to make a lot of money and Hogan literally says different era I said you <laughs> son of a bitch all goes we got big paychecks and big parties brother and Hogan goes it doesn't work that way different era brother boom boom yeah I don't know if you knew this or not but TNA at this point didn't have a lot of money. So I don't know where they thought they were coming into here. It was a soundstage in Universal Orlando Resort. So I don't really know where they thought they were. Uh, but maybe not in the right place. Um, Hogan says, it's time to do the right thing for this business. I literally wrote my notes. Oh my God, fuck off. Because <laughs> Hogan literally left TNA with Dixie Carter off his leg, begging him <laughs> to stay. It's time to do the right thing for this business. Oh, yeah. my God. So, basically, Hogan's implying that I'm not going to hire all my friends. As all <laughs> his friends gotta... are there. <laughs> Kevin Nash is here. Even though you would never fucking know who this was. That music is so generic for Kevin Nash. Nah, you would nah, never nah, know who's coming nah, out. Nah, 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 uh, nah. I wrote down here, Kevin said something. I don't know. I'm not even paying attention at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he says, Hogan's got a role that he's got to play. Basically, they're trying to get the band back together, and Hogan says, No, brother, things are changing ever since we partnered with Dixie Carter. Eric Bischoff came out to music you would probably hear in an Arby's commercial or something. It was just the worst generic crap I ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> um, Eric Bischoff <laughs> said that he, back in the 90s, he put Vince McMahon in a cage and he spanked him. I said, What the hell is going on here? Kevin Nash goes, yeah, I right, bye. 
<laughs> Kevin oh. does, doesn't want any part of this whatsoever. He is over this already. Oh my God. Dixie Carter's in the crowd having the best night of her life. She loves these guys so much. She grew up loving these guys. You know, favorite wrestlers all oh, the time right shit. here. Shit. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Dixie says she, everybody always said Dixie was a huge mark for Hulk and uh, the Outsiders. So there you go. So Eric, <laughs> Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan say everyone has to earn their spot here in TNA. As we have Bubba the Love Sponge backstage, and we have the Nasty Boys here, and Val Venus, and I feel like no one has earned their spot here. Everyone has just taken a spot, so none of this is making any sense at all. Hulk Hogan then says, we're going to be the number one sports entertainment company in the world. Oh, they dropped the SE. No. I said, what are you doing? I thought this was supposed to be the alternative. This is the wrestling company, not the sports entertainment company. Um, Then... Eric Bischoff asked for the format, and SoCalVal gives him the format. The format for the show, of course, because we were supposed to get a full Metal Mayhem match tonight and a Barbed Wire Massacre match tonight. That sounds sick, dude. I'd watch that show. Not Eric Bischoff. He's not interested in any of that. He rips up the format. It was supposed to be a Biss and somebody in a Barbed Wire match, right? Yes! And then it ends up in, well, to be fair, the Abyss match later on is actually pretty good. But I still want to see Barbed Wire Massacre in Full Metal Mayhem, Oh, yeah, Abyss and Rhino was what it was supposed to be. Damn. Yeah. I wrote, fuck off, I hate it here. (laughs) 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 At the end of this segment, Sting is in the rafters. Are you kidding me? I thought they just ripped up the format. (laughs) They literally just put a TNA sticker over an old WCW format and said, this is it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true Sting was literally in the rafters of stage 21 in Universal Orlando Resort get your ass down from there (laughs) I cannot believe they put this man in the rafters like that that was just oh my god it was hilarious oh yeah you forgot to mention that greatest uh, Hogan line if you can't talk and you can't wrestle head up north like you just buried the whole roster (laughs) (laughs) This whole show, it's just fucking crazy. I don't know what they were trying to do here. I mean, I know eventually Hogan and Bischoff and all them turned heel, but like... They were not heel at this point. They were not supposed to be. Yeah, you should just be like, hey, TNA, this is the future. Everybody here is awesome. All these people are cool. Let's go forward. This is going to be great. Like, that's how you sell it. Not, if you can't get on board, get the F out. We don't like you. Yeah, the whole yeah, this whole thing was weird, and it actually gets even weirder later on uh, when Jeff Jarrett shows up. Oh my god! <laughs> so we're still trekking on this three-hour show. That was their big pull for the evening. Was Hulk Hogan is here? So we finally get past that with the TNA maniacs and Eric Bischoff's also here. We got a bunch of big stuff right there. Sting in the rafters. Literally, that was just a WCW segment, which was crazy at the time. Uh, we go into Awesome Kong and Hamada versus Taylor Wilde and Sarita. Taylor Wilde and Sarita's entrance and theme song goes so fucking crazy. It's unbelievable. I was actually surprised that they, you know what? I was actually surprised they dropped the titles here, but I think it was just because they wanted all new champions when, you know, when champions mm-hmm. had On matches TV, tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Taylor Wilde was super over in TNA for a super long time. And they played her like a fiddle. They actually played <laughs> a lot of people like a fiddle. Jay Lethal got played. PD got played. Taylor Wilde got played. I mean, just a 
ton of people got played around this point. I think I remember, I think it was Taylor Wilde that worked at the Sunglasses Hut, right? She had to work like Did a she? second. Yeah, that was like a second job for what her was the? at the Sunglasses Hut or something That's like that. That's wild. Yeah, and then they let her go. It's just like she was like one of the most over people on the whole roster. She yeah, could she work. Was. She could, she worked r fucking her ass off in this match. They, they they had a really. I mean, it wasn't like a super long match or anything. Um, but this was a fun tag match. Like everyone in this match is really really good. Um, I actually wrote down in my notes. I said, "Holy fuck, this is a very stacked tag team match." Um, yeah, and I think this is one of the longer matches on the show too. Yeah, I think it goes to commercial at one point. So that's, I mean, they at least got like a two seg match here. So that was pretty cool. Um, except for during the first, before they cut the commercial, they cut backstage. Motor City is laid out backstage and Bubba the Love Sponge finds them. They were supposed to be in that Full Metal Mayhem match. I think yeah. it was Motor City Machine Guns and Beer Money. That sounds fucking awesome. But they decided to lay them out backstage with Bubble of Sponge there, and they're going through this whole mystery thing on who's attacking people or whatever, right? Yeah, so uh, how convenient that everyone on the old format was getting killed backstage. It was Rhino got attacked backstage, Motor City got attacked backstage, all these people got attacked backstage, and it was just all the people that had matches that were on the old format that Eric why would you ripped up. Why do you need to do that when you already just tore up the format? Like, well, JB, I think actually JB found him. Then Bubba Lovespun said, "Hey, man, yeah, that, get a clue." That's <laughs> that's more about what I was gonna say is because he's back there and he just shoves him out of the way. And Bubba Love Sponge is awesome, good person. Bubba good the Love Sponge moves him out of the way and asks the most machine guns, "Hey, did you guys see that hot twenty-one-year-old piece of ass <laughs> out back there, uh, dude? We are hurt." <laughs> Uh, so anyways, we cut back. Arm drag. Uh, awesome Kong did a Urak into Sarita's just straight up her stomach. That was pretty crazy. That was, I like that a lot. And uh, <laughs> Kong ends up pinning Sarita with a front missile dropkick powerbomb combo that I actually like that. looked brutal. Yeah, that looked tough. Um, that was awesome. And uh, Awesome Kong and Hamada win the knockout tag championships. At this point, the title still means something, which is a little crazy because they eventually... I think Eric Young and ODB were the knockout chat tag chance for a lot of like the TNA Hogan era, right? Until they just dropped the belts completely. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think they did. Because Eric really Young remember. also found one of the belts in the trash can too, and he wore that. Oh, it was the old TNA World Title he found in the trash can. He used to wear that around too. He's like, look what I found. <laughs> did he win the global? Is that when they turned it into a global title? I don't remember, dude. There's so much. No, he had, he was he had the uh, Legends Championship and he had the old TNA. Oh, okay. Uh, at the world same title. Time. Yeah, he had both of them at the same. <laughs> That's awesome. Eric Young had a really weird gimmick at this point, and then all of a sudden he went from tagging with ODB to the world champ overnight. You remember that? When Daniel yeah. Bryan won the title and then Eric Young <laughs> won the title. What a time. A monster, a monster. <laughs> um, so we cut backstage after a actually a really good knockouts tag match. Uh, and we cut to the beautiful people who are in their bras. And guess what, man? Sean Morley's here. Oh, my God. Good old Val Venus. Interesting. He's bald, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're back there playing poker. And they're like, oh, that's... And he's like, don't say my name. Yeah. He's, uh, I love how Velvet Sky said, what are you doing back here, Mr. Tal Man? I said, yeah, that should be his gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> a reminder that at the pay-per-view here in a few weeks at TNA Genesis, Sean Morley beats Chris Daniels, and the crowd turns their back to the pay-per-view. This is literally, what, two weeks after Hogan comes in and says, we're taking TNA to new heights. 
They go oh to pay-per-view and my. the crowd literally turns their back to the pay-per-view the second that he beats Chris Daniels. I just want everybody to remember that. I'll never let anyone remember that. That whole Genesis pay-per-view is such a fever dream because it's like the it's like the last stand of the TNA fan in Orlando. After that show, they just stopped showing up. They just didn't come anymore. The guy with the two towels, spinning the towels <laughs> in the crowd, he's fucking not there anymore. He gave up on this shit. He said, I'm not coming no more. This is pointless. And I don't blame him. The people in the pit, like the guy that, you, you know, when Kurt Angle was Samoa Joe, you had the guy in the big brown uh, Joe yeah, shirt. Yeah, 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 he was yeah. at Genesis. He didn't show up no more after that. <laughs> he didn't come no more. Genesis was the last straw, dude. Um, but yeah, I, I also wrote down here, I'm like, damn, this whole, like this, this to like March, honestly, the entirety of 2010 was not good for them. But the, the couple of months in the beginning when Hogan came in were just God awful. Just, just the worst. It's I mean, just a terrible first impression. Like, come in, bring all your friends in, and then put them on TV over the talent that's already been there forever. That's like a terrible look for him coming in. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just can't believe that. What in the world were they thinking with Val? Oh my God, I don't even know what was going through their head. That was just like insanity that they would even want to do that. And it turns out Val Venus is a fucking weirdo. You seen his Twitter and his Facebook and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Dude's a fucking lunatic. So I have no I first off, Chris Daniels should have beat the fucking bricks off this dude. I don't know how in the world like, this guy even uh, that was some that was some grade A politic and I really I mean Daniels had worked his ass off for this company for damn near what, ten years at this point it felt like eight years. And like they did not care even a little bit. That was. I think uh, from what I've heard rough. in all those interviews is that Dixie cared more about the WWE guys than the you know, homegrown guys because they drew ratings WWE. I feel like she always wanted to be in WWE, but she had TNA, so there it was. Yeah, that's weird. Well, Mick Foley still can't get in the building, by the way. <laughs> he doesn't get in the building till way later in the show. And the Nasty Boys are here. Oh, my God. The biggest draws in wrestling history, the Nasty Boys. Oh, my God. So how many people in this, they have had, what, four or five segments tonight? And we're not even, we still got like a whole hour There's of the show. There's a bunch show more, left. yeah. We, we have seen at least five or six people not be able to get in this fucking building. <laughs> and then they end up, getting in, end up getting in the building anyways. It's just like, God, bro, whatever. So the Nasty Boys are here. Uh, you know, they're, they can't get in. The security's like, yeah, we don't fucking know who you are, so you can't come in. <laughs> Um, and they pretty much ended at that. They go, okay, well, we're going to go figure out how to get in here. They're, they're, we're going to go talk to Hogan or something. It's like, okay, whatever. Do whatever you want. Like, whatever, dude. Of course, they get in later. We'll talk about that. It gets even worse with them. <laughs> um, so it cuts to a match with Raven and Dr. Stevie with Daphne versus Matt Morgan and Hernandez, who are being pushed as a tag team at this point. I feel like Hernandez made his rotations with everybody. Uh, yeah. I guess you can call this a match. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, it's not even a minute a, long. I have a few notes here. Daphne is my heart. My love. I love you, baby. I love you so much. <laughs> God, Daphne. I love you, baby. Oh, my God. I feel like she was just number one in my heart. 2010. The scream queen. Yeah. Yeah. WCW Daphne went crazy. TNA. I mean, she just went crazy 24-7. Um, also, yeah. This match went, what? 45 seconds? Probably, maybe. Do you have like the official? Maybe, do you yeah, have the official time? It was especially thirty seconds, but I don't know how it played out. Thirty with seconds in TV. Yeah, <laughs> thirty minutes. <laughs> no, thirty Dude. seconds was it? Also, what the hell? Uh, Stevie was in the ring, 
and he went to do a, a gut kick and he slapped his leg on the gut kick. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I that wrote, did happen. Yeah, I wrote down Stevie did like having a gut kick. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So Matt Morgan ends up winning with the carbon footprint, I believe is what he called it at this point, yeah, right? That, that's a dumb name. Uh, so the ref barely hit the mat for the three count on this, so it sounded like a two count, and it made for a real awkward moment. Commentary was like, oh, and, he, and Matt Morgan wins, baby. I said, how in the hell did you blow a match that was 30 seconds long? You could like, you got to be kidding me. Um, by the way, they were raving in Dr. Stevie and this Daphne thing. That was it. That they, they this was it. They never did anything with this. I'm pretty sure after this, um, they had already kind of run this angle with Abyss and everything. I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, um, this doesn't get a lot of love, and it probably should have. I mean, Doctor Stevie was, I think, was a fun character for for mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Richards, especially for a guy that you know had pretty much been characterless since the BWO. So it was kind of cool to see him get something new. And they're like, eh, whatever. Uh, you know, we got uh. We got our man's the nasty boys here. We don't really need this anymore. <laughs> Until so they we... did the ECW reunion thing, then they had Raven and Stevie. Oh, yeah, yeah the hardcore justice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Pope is backstage with Christy Hemi, a shining light in the darkness of this show here. The Pope is my guy. Another guy Let that me got... Let tell you something, Daddy. The Pope is here tonight. He's a good promo, man. He I is. do like the Pope. I always like the Pope. He got played by TNA too. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He should have been another guy that could have went far. God, he got played by TNA. He called. He even called Desmond Wolf a wanker. I said, "Damn, bro." <laughs> In it, uh, Orlando Jordan comes up. He's drinking a five-hour energy drink because tonight's TNA is sponsored by Five Hour Energy. He said Hulk Hogan invited me, and the Pope said, "What the fuck?" And he said, "Yeah." Uh, I Hogan did invite me. He said, "Okay, then." He said, "Yeah, Hogan invited me." He said, "Okay, then." <laughs> he heard you the first time. Um, he then said, "Good luck, kid," to the Pope, and then I think did I I think I heard this right. The Pope called him Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I think he said, "You are Whoopi Goldberg." <laughs> I think that, I think uh, Orlando Jordan said, "You remind me of a young me," and I said, "Not at all." And the Pope said, you look like Whoopi Goldberg. And he said, Pope has spoken. <laughs> this the was, the, rules. Yeah, this, the was this was awesome. This is a really good backstage segment. The Pope I actually, is pimping for real. Yeah. That's that's for true, 100%. Pope has spoken. I was like, damn, he had all the gimmicks. I would like to say thank you to the Pope for giving Okada his gimmick because we, we got a lot of stuff out of the Rainmaker stuff, so I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, we got Desmond Wolf versus the Pope. Uh, Desmond Wolf, of course, Nigel McGinnis. He's here doing the bruv middle finger. That's pretty much his entire TNA yeah, run. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And who who was that girl he had at that one point? Was it Chelsea? Desmond Wolf and yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think he gets her. I can't remember if he gets her earlier or later. I think it's a little later because you know they do the stuff with Ric Flair and the Fortune fucking bullshit. Yeah. Damn it. yeah. <laughs> um, Pope had the Rainmaker gimmick where the money Okada said, gimme. <laughs> um, Okada is a big Pope fan, if anyone wanted to know. Um, but this match, they don't really do anything. They just they kind of wrestle around for a minute, and then Pope rolls up Desmond Wolf. It was a fun little match, but they deserved way more than whatever the hell they got here. Um, Desmond Wolf, I feel like, was a guy that would have gotten a lot more if Hogan and Bischoff and them didn't come in. Like, I felt like he was set up. Yeah. Because the, uh, the audience TNA had before Hogan and them came in was, like, super big on Desmond Wolf. And he was getting pushed, too. Like, 
I think he had already had the the uh, matches with Angle and stuff too at this point. So, you know, he had he had been getting pushed pretty hard. Yeah, that stuff put him over. The stuff with Angle really mm -hmm. put him over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after that, we have Jeff Jarrett. Guess what? He's here, and he's going to cut a promo here in a minute. And uh, it is something else. But first, we have Bubba the Love Sponge, who's here again. And he is looking like a real fucked up guy with his leather jacket gimmick. He's got on his trench coat. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Anyways. JB Jeremy Borash. Was that this one or was that the previous one? JB that was Jeremy Borash. That was the previous one, I think. That was the previous one. Because um, okay. I think Bubba Lostman said, I'm taking over from here. I wish he didn't. I wish JB would have taken back over because I fucking can't stand Bubba the Love Sponge. This guy's a real creep. Uh, <laughs> Rhino got taken out backstage just like Motor City did. And Bubba said, yeah, anyway, I'm not that girl. <laughs> you get this guy out of here. <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge, like poking dead bodies. He's like, hey, look at this dude. What's he doing here? Uh, yeah, I guess we should get some help. Probably. Okay, Rhino's knocked out. Cool. Good job. Great, yeah. great journalism. This is bad. This is bad. Um, okay, so I don't know if your video messed up here on this AJ Styles promo. Did it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the video we were watching for this, I could not see AJ Styles, but I assume he's very excited because he sounded very excited. AJ Styles cut a promo backstage. Uh, it just literally sat on a shitty picture of Hulk Hogan for the whole thing. <laughs> AJ said, I'm so excited, man. I'm going to have this world championship match against Kurt Angle here at uh, Genesis. And then uh, Eric Bischoff says, nah, you know, fuck all that. <laughs> You're going to have the match tonight. He's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what in the world. Eric Bischoff, I don't know why he did this. Um, but they end up having AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle tonight as the main event. Um, I feel like you could have pulled, you could have saved this with a review, and I don't know, maybe you've done, I don't know, a Full Metal Mayhem or a Barbed Wire Massacre match, <laughs> yeah. and you would have done the same ratings, but okay. Um, interesting decision here from uh, Easy E. And then we move on to the Jeff Jarrett promo. The gem in the show here, let me tell you, if you had any faith that this was going <laughs> to turn out positive, like this whole Monday night thing, this just kills it right here. All of this done. Dude, this was the best part of the show. I was like, oh my God. I don't care what anyone says. Jeff Jarrett can cut a damn good promo. Jeff Jarrett is awesome. I We need to, there, there's too much Jeff Jarrett slander. Jeff Jarrett is awesome. Yeah. He slap Nuts was over. I had a Slap Nuts t-shirt back in the day. Don't piss me off. Dude had a good gimmick. Everything, he, he had a bunch of cool catchphrases. And he cut a good promo here. Um, but I don't know if you knew this or not, Tony, but you know, Jeff Jarrett founded TNA. I don't know if you knew that or not. I've sure never heard of that one. Yet. I've never uh, heard of I said, I actually wrote down, I said, damn, Jeff cut a better promo than Hogan did. And he was just by himself. It was just Jeff Jarrett. Dixie was watching this pissed off, by the way, because Jeff Jarrett was like, I made this. And Dixie was sitting in the crowd like, who the fuck you didn't? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, without Jared, I mean, you know, you had Dixie pumping all the money away. Well, you saw when, when Dixie took over what happened with that. Um, mm -hmm. Early on, Jeff was very much, uh, the, Jeff and his boys were very much the lifeblood of uh, yeah. what TNA was. That's TNA to me, that Jeff Jarrett and his boys era. Yeah. Definitely. Jarrett cuts a pro TNA promo. And, and I'm not even kidding. It was like, uh, man, uh, you know, we've gotten so far with TNA it's been such a good time. We've had a lot of good memories. Uh, you know, I'm excited with this roster of guys we got right here. It's going to be a really good time into the future, and we're really going to take over the professional wrestling world. Yeah, Monday nights are going to be awesome. We're, it's going to be the greatest company in the history of pro wrestling. And then Hulk Hogan comes on the Titan Tron and says, Shut up, bitch! <laughs> so what is happening? 
thing. Hogan comes on the Titantron and he says, well, guess what? You ran this company into the ground, Jeff Jarrett. You absolutely suck. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? He just got a promo that said this rule. Goes, Boo. They booed like, Hogan. Everybody hated it. Yeah. Yeah, they booed Hogan when he's supposed to be the big announcement, huge baby face here. Because Hogan, come, he came on on the Titan Tron. He said, whoa, 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 slow down there, Jeff. All right, hey, this company sucks. You, you could tell. You could tell that Hogan knew that he was going to get that reaction because every other segment that was like out there, he was out in that ring. But for this particular one... He knew it wasn't going to go well. He didn't want to show his face in front of the fans. So he went on the Tron and said, you suck. Things are changing. This is my company. And he knew it. So he was a coward and he held, hid backstage for this. He literally cut a promo just to bury Jeff Jerry. I was just like, what did you do this for? I feel like it people goes, go out of their way to do that. He's still mad about the the the, the lay down Jeff Jarrett thing from Vince Russo WCW days. This is why this company's in a damn shape it's in. That's what he should have said. He could damn. All right, if Hogan would have came on the Titan Tron and said, "This is why this company's in a damn shape it's in," because of bullshit like this, I'd have been like, "That would have yeah, that that would have popped out." That that's how it should have went down. Then he would have gotten cheered. You know, maybe he was trying to get booed. I don't know. Whatever this was was not it. It was the weirdest thing though, because Jarrett comes out. Everyone's going crazy. Thank you, Jeff. TNA, TNA, TNA. Like, we're the most pro TNA we could possibly be in the crowd. I'm feeling it. Jarrett's out here. Hogan comes out. You suck. Put your boots on and learn how to wrestle. Yeah, this whole thing was weird because they're very obviously, right? Because at Genesis, they even come out, you know, and they play up the switching to the four-sided ring thing. I'm pretty sure Genesis is where they switch back to the ring, right? They're like, no more mm. play pin ring, brother. Yeah. Um, so they're very much still trying to be like the guys that are here to help the company move to the future and all that kind of stuff. But then later on in the evening, um, they ha- they beat up McFoley, you know? So like, it's this very weird combo of them trying to be the good guys, but also trying to be the bad guys, right? Because Eric Bischoff even has a segment later on and he's very much a complete dickhead. But then he comes out and they're like, we're going to take this company to the future. We're going to rip this up, do all this, do all that. And But it's just like, I don't know where I'm supposed to, who are these guys and what like, what am I supposed to feel here? You know? It reminds me of that Dixie Carter thing where they filmed her cutting a, I guess she was cutting a promo or just like having a locker room meeting. You remember that video they put online? Yeah, I remember that. Um, she said, ind- if, you, if you don't get what the change is, you can get out of here and go up north or something, whatever she said. Yeah, yeah, they. I don't know why. It was on like a whole episode of Impact. They played it on TV too. They're like, yeah, if you don't want to be here, if you don't trust us, if you don't think you can do it, then get out. And then it's like, yeah, yeah it okay. felt exactly like that, but here and like if they wanted to do like the Bischoff Hogan heel turn thing, they should have done it like at least a different night and like let them just be like, like you should just like this episode should have just been like Hogan just putting over the entire roster and saying everybody on this roster is awesome and we're going to do awesome things and then just let TNA be TNA and that's it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. On February 18th, Hogan took Abyss under his wing, giving him his Hall of Fame ring, claiming it would make him a god of wrestling. (laughs) Hogan made his entering return on March 8th, teaming with Abyss (laughs) to be AJ and Ric Flair, who were very obviously the heels here at this point. Um, Right. Jeff Hardy returns and saves Hogan and Abyss from a beatdown. Um, the story then became t- Team Flair versus Team Hogan. 
um, which was at Lethal Lockdown that year. Um, and then on June 17th, he ended his thing uh, when Abyss became a bad guy. And then they, you know, slowly went into Immortal. So, yeah, I mean, he very much so was not supposed to be bad at this point, I don't think. But they could not figure out if he was good or bad. They were just kind of like calling it by ear, I feel like, most of these segments. It was it was really rough to keep up with uh, throughout this entire yeah, show. Yeah, I, I totally forgot when Jared, like, he, like, name-dropped, like, every cool... He's like, Beer Money, Motor City Machine Guns, Daniels, Joe, and AJ Styles are all, like, sets TNA apart, and then Hogan comes on and says, you suck, none of this matters. <laughs> Motor City, Beer Money, fucking AMW, all this shit rules. I'm like, who the fuck are any of those guys? <laughs> Literally all the coolest people that make TNA different than WWE. No, they all suck. You suck. This is my company. All right, cool. Cool, Hogan. Yeah, Hogan literally said, don't nobody care about Jeff Jarrett and his company would be dead if it wasn't for Dixie. Shut up. You got no stroke. This man said, you got no stroke. I said, <laughs> fuck you, bro. I've had it with this Jeff Jarrett slander. I can't take it no more. He said, grab your boots and prove yourself. You know what? Go to hell. <laughs> My man from the beginning of the show will meet you there. So Fuck. after the Jeff Jarrett promo, we go backstage to Chris Daniels, who is getting some promo time. Well, you thought he was. Then JB interrupts him. And hey, Jeremy Barash. Christopher Daniels just walks away. He's cutting his promo. JB interrupts. Christy Hemming goes, oh, we got some breaking news. And then Christopher Daniels just says, Ah, fuck it, man. I'm just going to leave. So he ends up leaving. <laughs> JB says that Mick Foley is in the building. And then he walks away. And uh, Mick Foley is in the building now. That's for true. Um, this is right after Hogan says, of course, that all these guys that have been kicking ass and working hard and making a name in this business are going to get a real push, by the way. Chris Daniels doesn't even get five seconds of promo time. He has a fucking pay-per-view match in like three weeks. <laughs> he gets no fucking time to cut a promo. And Daniels is a good promo. He is yeah. a good promo, too. It's just like, oh, my God. We were talking about that. Daniels is a guy who's uh, underrated and deserves more credit for a lot of things in pro wrestling. I'm pretty sure they dro- at this point, too, they dropped the Christopher part. I think he was just Daniels. I'm pretty sure at Genesis, he was just called Daniels because they're like, we have too many people named Chris on this show. (laughs) (laughs) This was uh, a really interesting time for Daniels. He obviously was not very much into this at all. And it was very obvious that the TNA crowd at this point was very much not so into Sean Morley beating him clean as a whistle at Genesis because they turned around. If you haven't seen that match actually from Genesis, you should actually look it up because... It's hilarious seeing the crowd just completely revolt <laughs> against the show. I think it's the first match on the pay-per-view. Too. Oh, shit. Yeah, awful. it's like, wow. Uh, let me look it up real quick just to make sure here. TNA Genesis 2010. No, okay, so the very first match was Amazing Red and Brian Kendrick. And I, I believe that match was actually pretty good. Because um, Kendrick was just starting to get a push again here at this point. So that was pretty cool. The second match was Sean Morley versus Daniels. Just Daniels, by the way. And he beats him clean as a whistle in nine minutes. And that was the end of that. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is what it is. That sucks. Um, yeah, interesting time here. It also cuts to Jeff Hardy backstage painting. That was something. Shannon Moore says, you should sell these. Uh, sure. 
<laughs> yeah, that was dude. weird. Yeah. This is cool. You should sell this. All right. Like, I don't know. Is he not making big money at TNA? Does he need to start an Etsy or something? I don't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he we... says the big man called, right? Is it Shannon Moore says? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he just leaves. <laughs> he just quickly finishes up the painting and leaves it there. I was like, He oh, signs okay. it and leaves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we move on to Samoa Joe versus Abyss, which was probably... I really enjoyed this match, actually. This was really good. I think as they actually said, this is the first time that Joe and Abyss had faced in a singles match ever. Was yeah, right that's then. What the, yeah, that was it. This was Holy it. shit. And they just gave that away. They just said, here you go. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> um... They also randomly, I don't know if you saw, like, there's no way you missed it in this match. They randomly put up a $39.99 Hulk Hogan trading card plaque thing, just plastered on the screen huge. <laughs> the graphic was the entire screen, and it stayed up there for, like, two minutes. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this was shit. awful, man. I said, what, could you get this? I'm trying to look at this. Um there was no barbed wire in this match. God damn it, Eric Bischoff. Why was there no barbed the wire? bait and switch. The old bait and switch. You played me. Sting is also fucking in the rafters again. <laughs> I don't know why. This guy's a creep. Dude. I don't know. A little weirdo. Um, so anyways, Samoa Joe and Abyss end up having a really fun match here. Uh, probably my favorite match of the night, honestly. Uh, mm. Joe ends up winning with a coquina clutch. And uh, Abyss at this point was kind of losing his way, I would say. I mean, especially yeah. when they go into the the Hall of Fame ring makes you a god of wrestling gimmick. Holy shit, that was fucking something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. That's one of the, that's probably. I mean, t- to be fair to this gimmick, it was uh, definitely one of the more memorable gimmicks of all time. Uh, the WWE Hall of Fame ring gave TNA Abyss god of <laughs> wrestling powers. Oh, <laughs> uh, but they just like uh, they just. Again, this Dixie Carter and her WWE love and how oh WWE's better. You could tell it was weird because there this was smack dab in the middle of a time period where they said we are better than WWE. Watch us instead. And Hulk Hogan says, "You see this WWE Hall of Fame ring? Here you go." What in the hell? That was crazy. Um, yeah, that so was we weird. we cut back. Eric Bischoff is backstage talking to some guy. He said, "Damn, this segment ran super long." And this guy's like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm." <laughs> Crystal walks up and she goes, "Eric, Bobby wants to leave TNA." And she and Eric goes, "Uh huh. You want a mint?" I said, "Oh my god, this guy's no selling Crystal." <laughs> um, Crystal says she wants a meeting with Hulk Hogan. Eric says, "Grab a number and get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, this sucks, bro. Like, she can't like just let her leave if she wants to leave. Um, we see Beer Money has been murdered backstage. Bubba the Love Sponge finds him and goes, "Hello, are you? Hello, are you guys all right? No, they are not all right. <laughs> <laughs> they are fucking bleeding backstage on the ground. No, they are not okay." And Bubba says, "I kind of have an idea on who did this." Yeah, how does this guy know anything? Get this guy out of here. We know about Brian Knobs because he's coming up next. The Nasty Boys are here again. Unbelievable! What are what was up with these guys? They they were just Hogan's guys, and they was just like, yeah, you guys can come wrestle here or whatever. Who cares? It's not like we have the beer money and Motor City and, and you know just fucking World Elite and then yeah, and no. lethal consequences. No, we'll get the Nasty Boys back in here, and then we'll really start spitting things up here. What was going on? Okay, um, so 
The Nasty Boys have a real great thing here in a second. Um, Kurt Angle's backstage with JB, and he said, I'm going to beat AJ Styles tonight. This was weird to me. Why did they not show Kurt Angle? If they, I assumed that they thought that they were going to pull WWE watchers to the show, right? I of feel like course. Kurt Angle is one of the bigger names that they have. They didn't show this He's guy like, a single time until right now. He was like the biggest name. The biggest thing that happened for TNA was getting Kurt Angle at this point. Yeah, he was like the biggest name they had. And they didn't show him until literally this one segment where he said, I will win the main event. What the? So anyways, we cut away from Kurt Angle. It's uh, Jeff Hardy, and he's in the parking lot. And these 15-year-old girls run up to Jeff Hardy. And he says, and they go, I need his signatures. Oh, I give you painting, and he gives him the painting, and then drives away in a Lambo. What was this? <laughs> this was just on the nose stuff because Jeff Hardy had always been seen as like the teenage heartthrob yeah. or whatever, and they were like, "Yeah, let's just make him the teenage heartthrob here." Jeff Hardy. I mean, they played him up the whole night, but I feel like they really forgot that like Kurt Angle was also a very big part of the WWE. If they were trying to pull viewers, like. I would have had him doing something all night, just be there. They could have even something. like Baton's, you know, like Kurt Angle's going to be in action, you know, like even put the graphic for that or something, or like Kurt Angle, you know, like since they changed the format, they could have had Kurt Angle doing anything on this show before they changed the format to AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle, or even just announce AJ and Kurt Angle right at the top. Who cares? Anything more than just played him backstage. Um, so we cut back. The Nasty Boys are in the building and they find Team 3D's locker room. Team 3D are the New Japan heavyweight tag champs at this point, and they're in Japan defending their championships. Um, so they have the Nasty Boys go into their locker room, say, they're in Japan, they're not going to be here for the biggest show of TNA's history, those big fat pieces of shit. And I said, what in the <laughs> world is happening right now? They're just doing, they were partnered with New Japan, and they were doing the job that they were asked to do, and they had the Nasty Boys go in there and bury them for doing the fucking job. <laughs> I said, what in the world? And the Nasty yeah. Boys are like 400 pounds, and they go, Bubba Ray, that big fat bastard. Brian Knobs, are you kidding me? <laughs> This was it, this was just unbelievable. So they start breaking up the room and spray painting nasty boys. Y'all are 40 something years old, bro. Get a job. I cannot <laughs> believe that this is what they were doing. I just unbelievable, man. It this, also it's also hilarious that the Team 3D has their own locker room even if they're not there. They just in Universal Studios, they, you can go to the Team 3D locker room. It's always there. Not no more is the Nasty Boys locker room now. They buried them for doing the job that they were asked to do for the company that this company is partnered with. Just unbelievable. Obviously, Bischoff and uh, Hogan did not give a fucking shit about anything New Japan. So, And at this point, TNA had already sort of mustered that relationship to shit. So um, yeah. not like didn't it was going like to get a, any better. Didn't they have like a double tag team IWGP tag titles and the TNA tag titles and like a triple threat ladder match thing at one point yeah they switched the titles to like british invasion or something and new japan was like what are you doing and then they were <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out really good that's how they messed up the entire relationship probably yeah um so apparently team 3d was in an angle with rhino and jesse neal okay so at this point just so you know 
Um, but they just said, fuck that. Y'all are going to a few with the nasty boys, uh, which by the way, the nasty boys beat team three <laughs> when they came back and no. Jimmy Hart, they had Jimmy Hart show up. Yeah. This was fun. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Not much to say there. Uh, <sighs> so we get to the main event of the evening, Kurt Angle versus AJ Styles, a shining light. Once again, I love it. Um, world's championship is on the line because Eric Bischoff just wanted this to be a title match. I don't know. So world's championship is on the line and immediately before they even do anything, AJ gets attacked by a masked man. They said <laughs> the masked man has been attacking AJ for weeks. <laughs> so what the hell is this? Who was this, by the way? How did this play out? I don't remember. I actually this at all. don't know. I don't even know if they followed up with it, to be <laughs> completely honest with you. I think they might have just dropped it. Like, it's the weirdest thing because he comes out and he attacks AJ and then he never comes back again. He attacked AJ and then Kurt beat the brakes off of him and sent him outside the ring and then they just had the match. The masked man said, <laughs> I don't even I won't try that. anything else. And then they go for 20 minutes and the masked man does not come out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. So Styles beat Desmond Wolf on December 10th. Uh, let's see. He beat Daniels at Final Resolution, and then he beat Angle, of course, on this episode of Impact, and against Tomko, who had been revealed as his mystery attacker. Oh, okay, so Tomko was the guy that attacked AJ Styles. They announced this on the January 14th episode of Impact. Uh, and then at Genesis is when AJ Styles turned heel and defeated Kurt Angle and joined Ric Flair. So there you go. And then Tomko I'm, was, where was Tomko? Tomko probably just went away. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Tomko Christian stuff, right? That was I, guess he beat, I guess he beat Tomko on January 14th, and then that was just... Pretty much it. That was it? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look up the January 14th impact results and just to make sure that's correct. Are they just trying to like get some intrigue to get you to tune into the next episode of impact? Oh, who's the attacker? The mystery attacker. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. probably what they're going for. Yeah. AJ Styles defeated Tomko to retain the TNA World Heavyweight title in four minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, on the January 14th episode of impact, no, the longest match was five minutes long, and it was a Young Bucks match. <laughs> we oh, are like, wrestling. Team 3D beat Lethal Consequences in nine seconds. Huh? Yeah. Cool. Must have been immediately 3D. Yeah, I assume so anyways. Uh, yeah, sheesh. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm not looking at that anymore because those results suck. <laughs> Um, like I said, this is a really bad couple of months here. It took them forever. I mean, eventually it got a little better with TNA uh, once they dropped all this bullshit, to be honest. And once uh, Aries got in and they started doing Bobby and, and James Storm against each other and they turned against each other and Aries was doing option C with... So, mm -hmm. like, 2012 was a pretty good year for them. It took them a long time to kind of teeter back to something watchable. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they did get there. I think 2012 was a pretty strong year for them. Um, but yeah, it took forever to get back to there. So anyways, um, AJ gets attacked by a masked man. Turns out to be Tomko later on. Kurt gets him out of the ring. Tomko just says, eh, fuck it. I don't care. I'm just going to leave. 
doesn't get back but just lets him wrestle the whole rest of the match um incredible kurt angle did a running buckle bomb that i'm not sure he did very much after this match um it looked super nasty it was real dirty um so rick flair comes out on the ramp at the end you know he loves the aj styles you know what that leads to eventually fortune four oh shit we get that eventually um AJ Styles ends up winning with the springboard 450 in this one. This was, I love that this was his finish at this point. Um, this was really cool. That's what he ended up winning the World Heavyweight title the first time with in TNA was the springboard. Oh yeah, that is right. He used to do that with D'Lo Brown, and D'Lo would do the the frog this, splash it looks the top, beautiful, and he'd do the dude. 450. It was cool. Yeah, that's a really like I I one of my favorite 450s he did was in WWE against I think it was Dean Ambrose where he did it to a table on the outside and just fucking oh, scorpion yeah, himself. That. That was really cool. Hogan, this, at the end of this, Hogan says, these are two of the greatest wrestlers in the business today. And then somebody comes out. Somebody whispers comes in out his ear. Whips, whispers to him. I love how you said that because I read the same thing. I said, some guy comes out. <laughs> I don't know who it was. It's some dude. Comes yeah. Out. Some guy he comes out it. and whispers. And he's like, oh, shit. So he starts running backstage. <laughs> Mick Foley. Is running amok backstage and he breaks in on the strip poker game. And the beautiful people are all stripped down, and Sean Morley is bald and they get into each other's <laughs> face. <laughs> and I don't know what's fucking going on here. Some real fucking weird shit. Sean Morley got up in Mick Foley's face and, like, I don't really know what they were trying to do here. They Foley gets up there and he's like, Where's Hogan? And Morley should just be like, He's in the ring. But Morley's like, down the hall and to the left. <laughs> I'm like, what? He was doing this weird laugh and he was like, I'm not scared of you, Mick. I could beat your ass right now, Mick. And I'm like, what is, what is that? First off, this is Mick Foley right here. Like, are you kidding me? I just, unbelievable here. And Mick Foley was fucking world's champion like last year. What do you mean Sean Morley <laughs> could beat Mick Foley? <laughs> Uh, Mick breaks into Hogan's office and Eric Bischoff is there and he goes, you son of a bitch, Eric. <laughs> Mick <laughs> says he made a promise to himself. I'm never working for Eric Bischoff ever again. He said, well, you ain't got to worry about that, you piece of shit. And all of a sudden you got fucking Scott Hall and Six Pac and they're in here beating up brakes off of Mick Foley. Um, and then Hogan runs in the room and goes, hey! And it closes up real close on his face and he goes, <laughs> And then it cuts. That's it. That's it. Was the closest shot of Hogan's beard, and he's just staring back and forth. We're trying to find out is Hogan on on his brother's side or not. And that was the three-hour episode of Impact. Oh my god, this was quite literally one of the worst fucking shows I ever watched in my whole life. This was it was awful, and I don't remember again. We said this at the beginning. I don't remember being that bad watching it. Wrestling must have just been that bad at the time. Well, let's talk about. Uh, let's take a look at the five dollar Q and A segment. We got some Q&A. questions here from everybody on for Johnny Patreon. Nomad Tokyo said, "Yo, crew, it's your Deadlock IWGP champ here." I just showed my girlfriend the seven-star Bucks versus Hangman in a mega match. She Ooh. thought it was dope. Do you have any other matches you guys would recommend to show? Well, first off, I cannot believe that you showed your girlfriend a 30-minute <laughs> wrestling match as the very yeah. first thing that she watched. I just... Uh, that's actually crazy. I feel like if I showed anyone a 30-minute wrestling match that I know, they'd been like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I don't yeah. know, man. 
I, I mean, if she likes super long, like Broadway type things, and I mean, you can watch literally any of the Okada and Tanahashi matches or o- Okada period. Uh, you know, Okada versus Tenryu was really good. A lot of people underrate that one, I think, just because he was having crazy good matches otherwise, but that match was really good too. Um, you could watch Kane versus Rhino from Raw. <laughs> That was awesome. They go for about three minutes. Gore choke slam, take it home. <laughs> I think. I think if I were if I were to show, if my girlfriend came up to me and said, "Can you show me a wrestling match?" I definitely would not show her Okada versus Shibata. You know what I mean? I would definitely pick like Kane versus Rhino. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Because then she'd be like, "Yo, what the fuck is that?" I said, yeah, that man's got the deadlock D on his back too. That's crazy. <laughs> I would, you know, do tag match. I would have done uh, Bucks and Lucha Bros. Is pretty sick to get people to watch that. The, the, watch that was it the one at the pay per view? Yeah, with the ladders and oh yeah, all yeah. Crazy I shit. would show. Yeah, insane. you could. Sh- I guess you could show um, TLC any of the TLC matches, the original TLC matches. WrestleMania seventeen. Oh yeah, that one's really it good. Uh, you could. I mean, anything with weapons, really. I think I think you could probably do like any of the abyss stuff. I feel like lockdown versus AJ Styles, they probably like. Oh yeah, that match is great. Just because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't go for too long, and they get a lot of crazy stuff, and there's tax. <laughs> so like, and the a, crowd loves it too. The crowd's crazy. Yeah, they're going super crazy for that too. Um, I would definitely show. I would definitely show gimmick matches more than straight wrestling matches. You have to have like a certain appreciation. For wrestling, I think to to be into non gimmick mm-hmm. matches, you know. Yeah. So if the I one were thing to... I showed my wife was uh, Darby Allen in the Cracker Barrel. I thought. I yeah, that, yeah, because you know that's it had a bunch like the of craziest thing ever. I love that spot. That'll go down forever for me. That's like one of my yeah. Favorite the, spots. the Cracker Barrel spot is an all timer. Like you'll never see that ever again, probably. No, I don't think so. I don't think they'll ever have a Cracker Barrel sponsor match ever again either. <laughs> so yeah, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm glad he took it. So uh, those cl- I think like clips like that you were saying with like the hardcore matches and the crazy stuff going on, even like the Moxley when he does the DDT through the glass table and stuff is cool, and the the trampoline yeah, they, barbed wire stuff. That's ooh, cool. the lights out matches from the beginning. Of, yeah, uh, were yeah they were pretty good too. Um, I think you could show her anything from uh like a Nick Gage match or something because he's like he's pretty encompassing. I feel like people who I feel mm-hmm. like Nick Gage is probably one of the most popular wrestlers with people who don't really fuck wrestling whatsoever. I just feel like yeah. he, he has like, has that crossover appeal with like people our age, I guess that would, would maybe not watch wrestling otherwise, but like he's, he's a little outside of that box that you would kind of trap wrestling in. So I think you could probably show yeah, just her. show her the David Arquette match with him. <laughs> oh yeah. Or David Arquette <laughs> dies. Yeah. That's a good one. Are we going to watch that? Uh, do you want to watch that? Uh, documentary thing he's coming out or that movie or whatever yeah i do i definitely do we should do something with that for dead luck but i definitely want to watch it yeah me too um childish galvino asks deadlock hosts a 2v2 basketball game with teams consisting of yourself and a wrestler of your choosing my question is who do you pick for your partner so let's hmm. say that we're facing each other all right okay you just have to pick a wrestler to play with you on a basketball team. Who would you pick as your partner in that basketball game? I get first pick. Is that true? Cause I mean, you can't, I, I mean, I already have my first draft pick and I know you won't pick them. So like, when I pick matter. him, he's like, you don't even stand a chance. 
Like, are you sure you don't want to think of this? No, no, I already know who I'm picking. I already got my pick. I already drafted right, my, my. I have drafted MVP to my team. Oh my god, how did I don't even think of MVP. That's actually. A, I remember he, he beat the bricks on Matt Hardy. He beat the bricks <laughs> off of Matt Hardy in that shooting contest. I yeah. remember that till right now. Oh my god. Yeah, you don't say the chance. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. I picked Yuka Sakazaki with the basketball. I think I actually have the biggest chance. So I'll let the Deadlockites. I think the Deadlockites can tell us who's a real winner at a Q&A on that one. MVP with the basketball or Yuka Sakazaki with the basketball. If you guys need a refresher on Yuka Sakazaki with the basketball, I will post it on Twitter. You can see afterwards and then you will see. <laughs> you should have voted. You should have picked my Hardy. <laughs> no, because MVP would have busted all over. That would have been terrible. So we'll leave that up. We'll leave that up to the deadline guys. You guys can tell us who wins that basketball game and what's the score. Twenty. It's a twenty-one, by the way. You you can get Michael Scott too. You can have him on your team. I went Jim, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my guy. I'm actually rewatching that right now, by the way. Again, The Office. It's dude, like I always third. watch The Office. It's like my go-to show. Like whenever, yeah, whenever I yeah, I just need something on TV. Yeah, when you're just trying to find something, it's either that or like New Girl or something. That's a good show too. Tubby used to watch it all the time too. Like when he lived here, we just watched The Office. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, we can't watch it anymore because we watch it too much. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, so we also had AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, it was Tag Team Appreciation Week where they were going to appreciate tag teams because I guess they don't do that at all. The week other before shows. was very tag team. <laughs> Every week for the last six months has been all tag teams. But yes, tonight we are appreciating tag teams. Um, I actually didn't get to see the, I, I got home late from training. So I got mm. in right as Cody. I got to see the new championship drifting gold, by the way, in a moving and dipped in the gold. What did you think of the championship? I think it looks good. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I would have added something to the middle under TNT, but as you were saying, I don't think they can because that's the TNT logo. <laughs> TNT logo is a big circle. <laughs> but I thought they could have added like a relief, you know, I don't know. Maybe they I can. I get what you're Maybe. saying, but I don't think they can, yeah. I can't really but, take points off for something they can't really change, you know? No, you had a good thought on it about the title. and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot I even said that. The um, Yeah, they can use that middle piece for like a heel or something like Ricky Starks. And Ricky Starks is like, ah, I'm very sexy and good looking. I'm a good looking, handsome man. And he can like, if he wins the TV title, then he can use the middle circle as like a mirror and like do his eyebrows in it or something. I thought that'd be a really good heel gimmick for them. But uh, yeah, that, that would that would mean Cody would actually have to lose the title. So I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll I don't lose. think it's ever if Brody Lee doesn't win it, man. Mister Brody Lee does not. He's win got it. to like that's I can't imagine him losing that one. But I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, on the Saturday episode of Impact because I got to change on that. The episode. Saturday or, spectacular, dude. It's got I said the Saturday episode of Impact. What's the same shit? <laughs> <laughs> the Saturday you episode. Did say that. <laughs> We've watched so much TNA lately, I can't help it. All I can think about is what a shark boy and a pop. This is what TNA should have evolved into anyway. Come on, let's get yeah. This is the nat. This is actually the natural evolution of TNA Impact. This is just it. Yeah, all the people said this company sucks. We're leaving. This is what would have happened if Chris Jericho went to Impact and when he when they tried to get him with that TNA Fozzy time the song. I can't remember what year that was. Two thousand five, I think. Sometime. But he put it on his website and yeah, his HTML only website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All so, right, so we got Young the show, Bucks in Dark me. Order. Yeah, you go want to get into it? Yeah, because oh, I didn't done. fucking watch this part. 
Yeah, so during the entrance of the box, we're attacked by the minions of the Dark Order. It's all about the numbers, says Jim Ross. Sure. Of course. <laughs> that always pays out the for The numbers. Them. So then they used their offense against Nick Jackson. It becomes almost a handicap match. Oh, no. There it is. We have uh, Matt Jackson taken out of the match. Of course, Matt has to sell the injured back. And, you know, Jim Ross has his typical stuff during this match. He gets mad at the tag rules because, you know, and, and back in my day, you had to break before you got to five, not on five, because five would be a disqualification. I don't know if you knew that in tag team wrestling, James, but. Uh, Jim Ross also goes as far as saying Evil Uno is the most underrated wrestler in all of AEW. What do you think of that? That's pretty high on him, actually. Jim Ross said that? JR. Good what old Jim said that. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, at one point they go, they're like they're brawling. I believe they fight into the crowd or something, or they try to the Dark Order gets involved at one point with the ref not mm. looking. And Luther's back. That's my guy right there. Luther is in the crowd. Uh, so apparently he hasn't been taken off of the crowd. He wasn't, he was just moved. So he's sitting over there somewhere off camera, not allowed to, to be a part of this. I don't know why. <laughs> I wonder why. I, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> I can't imagine the reason for that whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know why it was, is uh, maybe that <laughs> fucking lunatics just sitting over there going, ah, I'll fucking show you. I can imagine why they pushed him off the camera. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so this was a typical match, you know, tag team stuff in AEW. We got the tag team appreciation later tonight, but we have this match, I guess. What else? To, do we have any other tag matches? I don't think we do, do we? Because last um, we do have the the title match, Jurassic. Yeah, Express. yeah, the title match, and then uh, yeah, that's it. So this was it. Um, I don't know. Basically, the Young Bucks win, of course, because they have to win over the Dark Order. They they scoot by to get the win here. And that is it. Nick Jackson rolled up Evo Uno for the pin and the win, and they escape the Dark Order there. Was dark it good? Was this match good? I mean, it's like it's your what like what you would think of this type of match. It's like your typical AEW tag team match. Did he say like, don't call him Dick Grayson? He, uh, I did not notice that, but I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I'm absolutely positive he did. I don't even have to watch it. I know he did. We get MJF. I believe. And MJF is walking down a hall. He's got a gum guy now because, you know, you wanted to know that he had a gum guy. So a guy cool. that gives him gum. That's a thing. Uh, he pushes a little kid out of the way. Or not a kid. but He pushes, pushes a child and beats the a, shit out of him. <laughs> not a child, but, uh, you know, he pushes the guy out of the way. Remember when uh, Samoa Joe pushed him out of the way? Ah, uh, yes. Callback. It's a callback to that. That one time you remember it's the same thing. The WWE callbacks because I like that. That's Why? cool. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, MJF with Wardlow. He's on the campaign trail. He stood in the ring on a podium, and he calls John Moxley a dictator. Oh, so he's gonna keep going with that dictator John thing. Yeah. Guess what, Jonathan? I guess I want to make sure that you're comfortable enough to show up to do the job. I don't know. He's going on and on about a bunch of stuff. He lays in the ring at one point, and then he starts cutting a promo. And whatever. Moxley's music hits. So MJF sends a security guard into the crowd. And he's saying that he's going to block Moxley from coming out here. But Moxley is smarter than that, you know? Moxley comes through the entrance. Who would ever thought that? Oh, he switched it up? Yeah, he's 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 in the entrance. Damn, uh, that's actually 6,000 IQ. I like that. 
Yeah, and then he beats up MJF, and then he, he goes backstage through Gorilla. And uh, while he's in Gorilla, he's, like, pissed off. You know, Moxley's all pissed off after MJF runs away. Actually, he beats up MJF. I forgot. MJF just lays there for, like, ever in the ring. And then Moxley goes back to Gorilla. The camera follows him. Uh, we have this weird shot where, like, he's back there, and you can see Tony Khan and, like, Shorts just chilling. My man's in shorts and, and gorilla chilling there. Yeah, that's my and um, Moxley says he is not done. So there you go. That's what you know. Uh, basically, this was just to set up MJF saying that they all deserve better than John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know he's been running that gimmick. Yeah, that's what he does. Uh, we get Matt Hardy now. I don't know if you saw this one. He was backstage no, with know. Alex Marvez. Matt Hardy says he doesn't die and he wants to pay back Sammy Guevara for making him bleed. Yeah, he has a new shirt that says I don't die or something like that. It's got blood on it. It's pretty cool. That was his old ROH thing. Stronger than death. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much the same thing. Uh, Matt Hardy wants to get Sammy Guevara. So so this dude walks by, right? And he's got a backwards hat on and and a leather jacket. And Matt Hardy runs over and beats the crap out of him. Turns out it's referee Mike Posey. He thought Not it was Sammy Mike Guevara. Posey. <laughs> he thought it was Sammy Guevara because he had the backwards hat and the and the uh, the leather jacket on. So that was pretty funny. So hopefully they continue more stuff with this with Matt Hardy and just have him go crazy. You know, looking for Sammy Guevara, <laughs> but he's actually like beating up other people. I think that pretty, yeah, pretty that actually sounds really good. I like that. It, it was funny though because like then all the refs came like, "What are you doing, dude? Like that's Mike Posey." <laughs> Mike Posey's trying pretty- to do his job, man. He's I didn't want to be here, but yeah, sheesh. It was uh, so th- that the next so is uh, on... Cody and Scorpio Sky, right? Yeah, yeah. We get the the new look at the title, which we talked about a little bit. I think that's pretty cool. The, I like, I how like it's, it a uh, lot. It's dual plated, dude. That's my shit right there. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The dual plating really adds. Even if it was still silver, it would be cool dual plated as well. Just like adding that little bit of to the TNT itself makes it look way better. Yeah, it pops. Um, I so, saw this. Uh, I saw this photo of the title. It was a black strap. Did you see that photo? I think it was on like. Oh, I did see Squared, that. Squared um, or Twitter or whatever. It was but, good. I like the black strap too. I think the red still fits it, but the black strap's pretty cool too. Maybe someone could change it up later. Yeah, yeah, they could. Um, but no, <laughs> that would require Cody to lose it. So, um, Cody versus <laughs> Scorpio Sky. Um, Mike Chioda's back. He's the referee for this match. I'm not entirely sure of the reasoning. Um, did they say why? He just is. <laughs> um, this was job. like his debut in AEW. I don't know. The big. T- Apparently, he didn't even sign a, a contract. He's just working dates. That's fine. I think you could do that with referees anyway. I mean, they don't need to be on contracts. Yeah, I guess so. Probably just working a way to get back to WWE. I wouldn't be surprised if Vince just went ahead and offered him something back. He was one of the guys that got let go during the whole uh, pandemic thing. So that was nice. No, that's probably why right there. he probably yeah. didn't want to sign a contract. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll go back. Uh, maybe I won't. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Um, so Cody faces Scorpio Sky. Scorpio Sky has been the king of AEW Dark, and uh, he came up last week to Cody and got in his face, and he's like, "All right, well, fuck it, we'll have a match." <laughs> <laughs> so this was supposed to be, I guess, the way that they play this out was it supposed to be a big moment for Scorpio Sky. I don't really feel like that match delivered on that at all. Um, they tried to give it a big fight feel with like the entrances and Cody having an entourage and Mike Kyoto, but I didn't feel it. I didn't either. Um, Taz started talking about what it meant to be a fighting champion, and then JR tried to like point check him. He's like, what do you know about that? 
What do you mean? What does Taz know about that? What the fuck? Are you kidding? He's like, he started naming off his championships and JR was like, what is wrong with you? Okay, dude. <laughs> um, so this match only goes, what, 10 minutes probably. They have like a 10 minute TV match. Um, so like Scorpio Sky gets like no good high spots in this match whatsoever. Um, they do a superplex spot that uh, they go into a pin, which was pretty cool. Um, mm. But then they just no sold the superplex, and then Sky got up and did his TKO thing. But then that wasn't even the finish. So like, they no sold the superplex spot into a pin into a finish that wasn't even the finish. And then Cody just wins with a crossroads. <laughs> this yeah. match was just, I mean, it's like they worked, they worked, a, you know, they worked hard, but it just didn't like click at all. I feel like maybe it needed to be more Scorpio Sky and less Cody. Um. Yeah, probably. Mike Kyoto also counted fucking to a four count on the crossroads. <laughs> he did. Um. Yeah. Scorpio's guy uh, got. I don't think he got anything here. Um. I mean, he got to be on TV, so that's good. But like, I don't think from the match itself, he really came out looking any better than he did before the match. Um. I don't even think I. I don't even at one point. I don't think I thought Cody was in jeopardy at all in this match. You know, like in a good never, match, like, I don't ever. Like I can, uh, I, even if I know they're going to lose, like sometimes they play it so well in a match that you can kind of just suspend your disbelief to that. And I don't even think mm -hmm. I got that once. I don't even think they got to that. I don't even think they like turned it into gear. I think they were in gear one the entire match. Uh, I think which, I remember uh, Jericho and Scorpio Sky being a way better match than this one. Yeah, Scorpio Sky had a really good run uh, right at the beginning of Dynamite. Um, mm -hmm. But then they kind of just moved on from that. Uh, so after Cody versus Scorpio Sky, we have Brody Lee come on the screen and he says, Cody, I want that title. I have this old stinky title and I'm going to give you this stinky title. I'm going to take that title. <laughs> He's got the old <laughs> TNT title with the uh, non-dual plate, the silver one straight up. He just found it and said, <laughs> I'm going to give this back to you. He put an Eric Young. We just talked about that earlier with him. That's uh, so good though. I yeah. Like I like this a lot. I actually hope he wins this match here. I would actually like Cody to drop the title to Brody Lee. I feel like uh, Cody could carry on the silver title. Oh. That would be hilarious. Like he has to. It's like a dunce hat or something. It's Dude, you should make that silver title be like the number one contenders thing for the Cash this motherfucker in. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, like I said, I hope Brody Lee beats Cody. Um, just so we can get something new, and it would give the Dark Order some sort of just anything. I feel like they need something here. So, uh, if there's anyone in the Dark Order that was going to win something and get something, it's definitely Brody Lee. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think he has a good chance of winning the TNT title here. I hope he does. I bet he would look good with it. I also forgot to uh, to mention earlier during mm -hmm. the tag team appreciation, they had a bunch of tag teams talking about who their favorite tag teams were. And earlier we had Paige and uh, Omega talking and said the Bucks were their favorite tag team. And then what? Uh, ever? <laughs> what? Ever? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. yeah and then and then uh, I think it was Paige or yeah, I think it was Paige. He's like. No, maybe it was Omega. I can't remember, but they said, I thought it was us. Ooh, and they're like, we're, yeah. we're just two singles guys anyway. We're not actually tag team. I'm like, okay. Still working angles, I see. Still still pulling the angle. So then uh, this after this uh, this match or the Brody Lee thing, we have the private party, and you'll never guess who their favorite tag team is. <laughs> the Hardy the Boys. Hardy. <laughs> they literally just say the Hardys. Yeah, like, they were so me. damn cool. They actually showed they said, Jeff. That was weird. They said they did that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, they're right. That's exactly what they did. You damn right. I feel, like, I feel like everybody growing up's favorite tag team was the Hardy Boys. 
They went crazy. They were like the nineties, like incarnated. They were like truly that shit. That was cool. Dude, me and my friends, I used to hardy around. Jeff went crazy back then. Dude was a fucking maniac. Um, We have Jurassic Express versus Hangman and Omega. Uh, The tag team ties are on the line here. Uh, Hangman said on his little card that he needs money for a new lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's hilarious. This match was a match. Um, Just another Jurassic Express match. Sometimes it feels like they just kind of Jurassic Express kind of just goes spot to spot. um, Just kind of doing shit to do shit. Uh, here's Marco Stone again. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just nothing really going for me here. I feel like everyone worked super hard. Like they were really like laying these spots in, but like none. Of, it never really clicked for me. It just I was just like they're waiting around to do. That's the how next I always spot. feel about the the Luchasaurus Jungle Boy Jurassic Express matches. I always feel that way. Like I'm just waiting for it to like get somewhere. Like and then it just I don't know what it is. I'm just invested in the that. next. I'm just invested in you doing something so fucking stupid that I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like that's yeah. all. That's really what I look forward to. Um, but they never yeah. really got there here. So, yeah. um, Omega and Hangman win with the not the fucking last call because we're not calling it that. I'm not <laughs> calling it the last call. <laughs> Buckshot Larry V trigger combo. Yeah, thingy. not calling it that. They kept uh, showing Kazarian in the crowd at one point, like by himself. Yeah, they did. He's, he's looking good. He's a handsome man in the crowd. <laughs> and they kept showing him. And I, I, where are they going with this? I don't know. Yeah. I just know Kazarian's be looking good, though. That hair, he's kind of working out a little bit. <laughs> man, looks like a model. He's not with SCU, though, so I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. Um, they cut backstage. Santana and Ortiz bleach the best friend's clothes. They found their... Uh, suitcases and they emptied it out into a bathroom and then bleached it and they also got to say shit on tv before <laughs> chuck taylor these guys are the <laughs> ultimate heels bro yeah this is a good segment though. i like this i like that they're i hope next week best friends come out with bleach clothes please they come will. out they i hope will, so yeah. dude they have to one of them had like a polka dot like mom type bag of stuff from oh clothes. yeah that was, was funny, funny. it's like his mom's yeah. thing yeah yeah, yeah uh so we have the tag team appreciation segment next, um, where it's the Young Bucks, FTR, uh, the Brain Busters, and Rock and Roll Express. Um, the Young Bucks say, "Hey, Rick, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for letting us take all your shit." And he goes, "Yeah, no problem, dude." And then Hardwood says, "I'm just a Mark, brother. I'm just a big ass Mark for the Brain Busters." I'm like, this segment is so weird, uh, but thankfully it, it got was, better. Thankfully it got better because in the beginning it was so it was really weird. It was just a big giant suck fest right at the beginning. Oh, yeah, oh, we I mean, he literally just said, "I'm a Mark. I'm a big Mark." <laughs> yeah, that's that? true. Um, then Tully grabbed the mic, and that's where it turned around because Tully's the fucking man. He said, "Shut." up oh you shut the <laughs> fuck up i'm sick of this this sucks he grabbed the mic from ricky morton and said don't you fucking start nothing you can't finish bitch i'm like oh my god dude this is it tully is the man um this was really good stuff uh they get into an argument and then uh tully's talking to arn anderson he's like i don't even know what you're doing with the nightmare family and all this shit you look like a you look like an old man and he, arn said well understand this i'm a grown-ass man and i'll do what i want i said oh here we go it's getting crazy <laughs> Uh, so then everybody just breaks down everybody starts fighting and FTR hits Ricky Morton with the spike pile driver <laughs> right in that's front why of Ricky Tully Morton's around. 
That's why he's around to take bumps. Dude, the, yeah, that actually was awesome. This that in that segment, like it's like I said, started off where I was like, I don't know, man, it's kind of rough. Uh, but it turned out to be really good, so I was really happy with how, how that played out. The FTR going crazy, I like that. The young bucks are like, yeah, what that, the hell? I think Kenny and them ran out too. Like, what the fuck is going on out here? Yeah, they love the Rock and Roll Express. So they got to help them. They're their favorite tag team, and then you know that's how it plays out. So that was good. Tag team appreciation. Hey, thumbs up from me, brother. Um, Alex Marvez interviews Mike Kyoto backstage and Jericho comes up and says, Hey man, do you remember when I saved your job that one time? He said, well, now you can save mine later on this evening versus orange Cassidy. He said, you're going to, he said, can you call it for me? Cause I'm gonna call it right down the middle. And Jericho said, yeah, right down the middle. Wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'm going to call it down the middle. <laughs> He's like, when I give you the signal and you call it down the middle, <laughs> This was, I actually really like this. Jericho is, lit, I, you know what? If there's anything to take away from this, Jericho's AEW run so far has been very, very good. Very yes. good. Um, so after that, we have the one women's thing of the night here. We have Heather Monroe versus Hikaru Shida, or as Shida. JR likes to say, Hikaru. Who the hell he is actually that? said it correctly, though. <laughs> Who is this? Um, Heather Monroe making her AEW debut versus the champ, the world's champion. Um, JR ends up plugging his barbecue sauce. This match gets about two minutes. Heather Monroe gets heat on the women's champion. Sheeta gets almost no shine whatsoever and then wins with a stretch <laughs> muffler. Okey-dokey. She tried the Falcon Arrow. They actually called it on commentary, though, which is good. Incredible. I can't believe that. They should have called it when she did it the other time, too. <laughs> What the hell, bro? This was rough. Um, not like it was. It was just like weird to see first Heather Monroe. You know, if you're going to do a match like this where, you know, she's coming in to fight the chamber or whatever, I felt like she just should have got more shine than she did. Um, but whatever. I mean, yeah. it, at the end of the day, it's just she to running through people. It's better than her not being on TV, not wrestling. So I'll take it. But still, there's yeah. a lot of work to be done here, man. A lot of work. Um, it's not that hard. Just let them wrestle and let them do cool things and be on the show and not in the crowd sitting there and cheering. Really not that hard. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go on a fucking diatribe this week. We're just going to move on. Um, yeah, it yeah, cuts backstage and we go to Jake Roberts cutting a promo with Lance Archer. This is like my favorite thing in the entire show. I don't know why. Dude, they, Lance Archer is the man. He is the dude. Um, he created a really cool video that he made and put on his Instagram. <laughs> And he put it on his Instagram, and he is such an artiste. Yes, and he also likes Deadlock enough that he edited Deadlock into the video. I don't know what the hell how That's he did That's crazy. Uh, yeah, it cuts backstage. Jake Roberts cut a promo. Some kid bumps an archer, and he proceeds <laughs> to beat up everybody in the room. <laughs> and then he did some real fucked up shit. He ripped <laughs> off Jake's shirt and on his back and said, everybody dies. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Lance Archer goes, did you tell him yet? And he's like, no, I didn't tell him yet. And he rips the shirt off. And Jake Roberts is like, this is an expensive shirt, man. What are you doing? And he turns around and says, everybody dies. Everybody dies. Bro, what in the hell is it, going dude. on here? This is some real messed up shit. I like it's it. It's so great. Jake Roberts still talking about Lance Archer while he's beating up everybody in the locker room. It's so good. Lance Archer is awesome. Yeah, this was. Uh, I just wish he would be on TV when he matches more now. But yeah, I really like that he's doing what he's doing right now. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so the main event is a $7,000 obligation match. Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy. Um, 
Chris Jericho would like money to replace his jacket that Orange Cassidy ruined, and Orange Cassidy would like to not be seven thousand dollars in debt. So that's the gimmick this match. <laughs> um, good stuff. Yeah, and it was actually good um, up until the finish, which is a little weird, but it was pretty good through. I mean, Cassidy is is good at working underneath here. Um, Jericho works incredibly good on top. For some reason, he can't bump off a dragon corkscrew anymore. I don't really know <laughs> why he can't <laughs> bump off that um, because he did it against Tanahashi. So I don't really know. Well, that was a couple years ago, but it, still, I feel like he could do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, JR called uh, Michinoku driver a uh, Falcon's arrow here. So that was pretty good. Nice. Good stuff. Um, what did you think of this match? I liked it, dude. I do like it. I think, uh, I mean, it does what it's supposed to here, like the most <laughs> thing to say, but it does. Like this is like I, we say it, but TV. This is like a TV crowd match, you know what I mean? Yes, I think so too. And for the seven thousand dollar obligation, I mean that'll be hilarious. Whatever they end up doing with this, because I'm sure they will. Jer- anything Jericho does has been gold, so like it can't go wrong here. And the fact that he still wears that orange jacket around right now, <laughs> stinky, is hilarious. Yeah, I mean I love Orange Cassie. I think that they're still like i was afraid that like when they gave him more time they were going to kind of mess it up but i really haven't felt that way yet i haven't either i feel like they've been doing him pretty well honestly and this was like a yeah. pretty good segment for him too mm-hmm. they uh, the only thing was that pin at the end but other yeah than that, we'll talk about that in a second santana and ortiz uh came out and best friends came out and they started fighting on top of the ramp this gave Jake Hager a chance to come in the ring and hit a slam on Orange Cassidy. That looked really good, actually. If Hager did oh, that, yeah, all every, the time. everybody was banned from the ringside, by the way. So yeah, so instead of fighting ringside, they fight on top of the ramp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Hager came in, hit the slam on Orange Cassidy. That looked really good. Cassidy ends up kicking out at two, um, which leads to Orange Cassidy pinning Chris Jericho with the mousetrap pin, which is usually his finish, anyways. But ooh, wee, Jericho made it look like dog shit here, huh? Yeah, I don't know what it was there. Maybe just poor timing or what. I think Jericho just like kind of fell over. I don't know if that's what happened. Like, yeah, it just didn't look very great. Like Jericho just didn't sell it great. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they wanted it to go better, but like I don't think it blew the match or anything. I don't think it was a blown finish. Uh, I think no. it still was pretty cool. And Orange Cassidy getting the win over Jericho is pretty big for him. So I was happy with the main event. This show was actually. Not bad at all, actually. This this AEW was pretty good. No, I, I liked it. Again, my favorite part was Lance Archer thing, just because I think it's so cool. I also liked uh, Tully telling Ricky Morton, don't start nothing you can't finish, bitch. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, I Tully go crazy. Yeah, Tully that... is insane, man. Orange saying, I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> so, oh, here he goes. <laughs> man, that was pretty good. There was some really, like I said, there was some really good stuff on this show, so uh, I was happy with it. TNT title was good. Um, that's cool. I got some good stuff going. So yeah, um, and then we got the uh, Super Saturday coming up because they're changing all their schedule for the NBA, right? Oh, that is—is is that this upcoming Saturday? Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The twenty-second it will be. We have, we have to remember that. Yeah, so that's this Saturday on the twenty-second at six p.m. or after the game. Um. Then Thursday. What is this? What's going on? Thursday, the twenty-seventh. They say the next one. Is oh, it is all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, then Thursday. Okay, so it's Saturday the 22nd, Thursday the 27th at 8 p.m. Um, then we have Wednesday on the 2nd and the 9th, I think, are normal at 8 p.m., whatever they're usually at Eastern. Um, then we have a one-hour Dynamite special after the playoffs on 916. 
I don't know. I'm assuming that's going to be like a one-off match or something. Maybe a blow-off or something. Yeah. They could do a one-hour cool cinematic thing. And then on 9-17, which is a Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, I think all the NBA stuff's over after that. Then they're back to their normal stuff. That's weird. Weird stuff. Yeah, but I'm wondering if like... Because some people are like, oh, they're going to break a million now. And I don't think so. I think it's going to hurt their ratings, to be honest. Because I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. There's no... Dude, there's no way. I mean, I mean, like these wrestling shows live and die by habitual viewing. Like, mm-hmm. if you change the day, then I mean, it's history is. If they do, then that's fucking. That just shows how dedicated this audience is. You know what I mean? Um, I, I wonder what NXT's gonna like. What the, if they're gonna have a boost in viewership since they're not on Wednesday? Yeah, it'll be interesting to take a look at it. It always um, made me wonder what it would be like if they didn't have a head-to-head show and what the ratings would show uh, if it was like that, but I guess we'll... You remember when Raw used to get bumped by the dog show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's, that's actually crazy to think about. The fucking... I don't remember the name of it. I could not imagine the dog show pulling more ratings than <laughs> Attitude Era Monday Night Raw, by the way. People love the dogs. The dogs Actually, crazy. they probably knew we could put Ron at any time, anywhere, any place, and people still watch it because it was an attitude era, and there's a million, billion people watching that at the time. The Westminster. Is this it? The Westminster yeah, Dog the Mes- Show. Westminster Dog Show. Yeah. That, the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Yeah. Right, can I look up the West Kennel Club Dogs? Can I, what are the ratings? <laughs> look at the ratings. Uh, of course not. I'm sure somebody can find them out there somewhere. That's actually crazy. Cause like, oh, I found TV ratings. Let's see. I remember back in the day, they used to get played, bro. The fucking, oh my God, that was Minister Kennel Club Dogs. Oh my God. That's on Fox Sports 1. What? Okay. No, I don't think it's that popular anymore. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Five point. Wait, well, hold on. Wait, no, no, no. That's not the dog show. Hold on. I thought it was five point whatever million people were watching that. I was like, what? Oh, five sports too? Nah, I gotta find it. Oh, we'll look it up as we keep going on here, but I can't find it. Uh, 1.177 million viewers for on, the dog show. Back in the day or now? Tw- that was uh 2018. Oh, they still have the show now. <laughs> they still do the show, yeah. Wow, and it still pulls a pretty good rating today. The dogs are back in town. Yeah, I think That's it was crazy. 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. So it still pulls ratings. So hey. maybe it was good to bump them at the time. I don't know. Hey, it's still beating Raw right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can beat who can stop the Westminster Kennel Club dog oh, show. Oh, <laughs> shit. They're going to bump Raw again. I see it happening. USA. USA. That's now what Raw Underground is going to become. The dog <laughs> so what, If Raw Underground was the dogs, then we'd really be talking. That's good Yo, stuff. They need the dog face gremlin. Who? Who? Oh my god, my man's back in action. I don't, you know, they could bring the Steiners back. I heard the Shoney shut down because of COVID. Now it's time to bring them back. Oh, did they really? Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace to the Shoney's, man. I know he was working hard <laughs> on that too. I heard they had huh? a good chicken. Ooh, uh so that was AEW Dynamite for this week. Uh it's gonna be real weird next week for that Saturday shit, but I guess we'll figure it out when we get there. Uh, let's check out the Apple ratings here. It looks like we have yeah, yeah, yeah. 465 five-star ratings. We are on Ooh. the road to 500, and we had a nice uh, comment here from, you know, your name is really weird, so I'm going to call you Rain. M-K-E-I-T Rain is what it looks like to me. It might be something different, but that's, actually, it could be Train. What is your name? 
whatever it is. <laughs> I appreciate the comment. He said five stars, brother, dude. This is a paid rating by the NWO. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Thank that you, man. Announcement um, has been paid for by the New World Order. This has been paid for by the Westminster Kennel Club <laughs> Dog Show. Son of a bitch. <laughs> We're trying to get to 500, so we need 35 more five-star ratings. So if you are on Apple, if you're not on Apple, it doesn't matter, honestly. As long as you go there and leave one, it really doesn't matter. Um, it helps us get uh, the show seen by more people and gets our podcast up in a rating. So you guys know how it goes. You guys know how the algorithm Do it. You guys go over smart. there now. Do it. Yeah, check it out if you Do can. Do it. Um, of course, Do check it. out our Patreon and all that stuff. We should have another um, something going to happen coming up this week. Uh, Wrestling Society X episode number three. Should be going Ooh, up this week. Yes, so go. check out for that. Vampiro. <laughs> Vampiro, the world's champion, is back at it again, I see. <laughs> you son Let's of a bitch. Go, dude. That guy's crazy. Oh. Uh, but anyways, thank you guys for watching. Deadlock episode number 51. 52 will be coming next week, and that's uh, one entire year of us fucking talking about wrestling. How about that? Yes, we have our big anniversary special planned. I <laughs> yes, actually, we had a big anniversary special planned, and then COVID said not Dude, today. We're gonna do all out. We're gonna do like a bunch of cool stuff in Chicago, and like yeah, we were gonna go to Chicago live, record it live, do a fun giveaway thing, hang out with each At other. At one point, we were even gonna do like a thing with people live. Oh yeah, like we that. were gonna do a. Oh my god, should we tell? Yeah, let's tell them about that. So we can't. We it's never gonna happen. Yeah, we can tell you now. Um. So we were going to go to Chicago for all out uh, and we were going to hold like a live thing, like a, like a rent a venue out and run like a, a live episode for the one year anniversary and have a bunch of people come out and have a good time. Maybe drink some drinks. You know what I mean? Have a good time, everybody. Yeah. <sighs> but uh, yeah, that fucking didn't happen. Everything got so <laughs> messed up. But... Yeah. So I guess we'll be sitting at home and, uh, Talking about wrestling, I think whenever we'll all this, cool, whenever all this shit's over, we'll we'll we got to plan something cool because we'll rain check, we'll rain check for sure. Yeah, because we definitely need to do something cool. Because like, uh, man, I was so excited for it too. I'm like, one year coming up, we're gonna do it. But fuck. I can't even fucking believe we made it a year. <laughs> like that's crazy. Dude, like, fifty two episodes straight, and that's three hundred sixty five days. We didn't miss one. You told me when you're going to Japan, you said, oh, you could probably just not do them while I'm gone or whatever. It'll be fine. People won't matter. And then Johnny came on and things have never been the same. History has been made on this night. <laughs> we do need to play that. We, we got to get, get our man. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, too. We wanted to get like the announcer for fucking like the old TNA stuff to do stuff. But like I said, it's been a COVID's kind of just been a butt cheek about everything. So we should um, run on stage 21, dude. <laughs> 21. Do they still run out of that? I don't know. Do they? The impact zone? Probably. It'd be interesting. I, I actually, can't imagine it costs too much considering they still run out of it. Even I actually don't know if I ever want to go back to Florida. <laughs> 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 Florida kind of sucks. <laughs> Y'all keep the COVID down there. Y'all go crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> Uh, but thank All you guys right. for uh, listening to Deadlock episode number 51. We will be back with number 52. Johnny should be back next week. Buddy. Beep, beep, beep. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>